there's something to bring up there. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it. Is that it? Yeah, we're here. This is live. Awesome. This is so bad. No. Uh, so, yeah, you can kind of get a view of what you see. Oh. Yeah, this is. So that's that camera Sit there. Up straight. Uh, we also have a really high camera up there in the corner, right way over there in the corner. Oh, my God. Are we having are someone going to have sex? Yeah, later? I know. This is exactly. This is perfect setup for like a so, porno. Everybody. I mean, you get every, every, it's great. A, every aspect of what you're looking for. Thank God I wore titty out because, you know. No, you, you look good, Jess. Thanks. So, yeah, this is the podcast. Like it matters. Hi, hi. <laughs> hi, everybody. Are we live? Are we go? Are we on? Yes, we're live. Uh, oh, my goodness. So I'll go ahead and share them here in a bit. But so Jess excited. Wood, hey, what's up? How's what's it going? up, Angel Lopez? Oh, my God. This is so crazy. I, I am so excited. Okay, so yes. I, I don't know where to start because uh, the more I get to know about you, the more I think you should be like way more famous than what you are. You know, I get that a lot. Yeah. Um, I do. I actually do. And I really have to say, I think it's my, uh, oh God, this is going to sound so fucking stupid, but this is my childhood trauma. My, tra my trauma has kept me from being, from understanding how much I have. And, I, and I'm not going to let it happen anymore. I'm not, I mean, I've been to therapy and stuff, but I swear to God, man, I've fucking sabotaged myself, sabotaged the shit out of myself. So, so do you think it's been some points where you've had some great opportunities and you just like, oh, damn. 100%, dude. I was, I was the first white girl ever on Deaf Comedy Jam, which is like, that to me is a huge deal. But man, were people scared when I was like, hey, I was just on Def Jam. And it was my first year ever of doing comedy. And this is in the 90s. 90. Okay, 96. Damn. Yeah. And it was insane. Like Cedric the Entertainer was my host. I mean, there were a lot of things that, that were really weird about the show because I'd only been doing comedy a year, which as you know, as a newer comic, that's nothing. Yeah, like very, you very nothing. How do you even have a joke? Like you can't, I mean, I get it, but it was, I was very fresh and all I was doing were characters. Like I would never talk in my real voice really. Like I came out on stage. This is what they got me for Def Jam. Ugh. I came out on stage as a black dude. I'm, t I'm telling you, I dress like I dress, yeah. looking like I look, but like, what's up? <laughs> like, and people were like, what the fuck? And the first comedy show I ever really went to was a comedy contest in New York City called the Best Amateur African-American Comedy Contest. <laughs> and I was Holy like, shit. 
if they look they could tell me to leave I don't mind but I didn't know where else to go and I went to New York Comedy Club and they had this contest and I was just like here you pay ten dollars and you could win fifty dollars and I was like yeah all right it's like I that sounds I yeah, want fifty dollars plus I had just gotten over a, a heroin problem oh boy yeah comedy yeah. saving from heroin that's so crazy too because yeah. what so when did you even actually start and where did you start that's Comedy. pretty much okay. So I was like a junkie girl who worked at, as a waitress at the comic strip, which is the Upper East Side of New York City, Manhattan. Okay, and that's where I saw like, yo, I saw like Dave Attell, Louis C.K., Sarah the, Silverman the, the, when they were starting. Yeah, the the New York guys, right? Yes. The New York all crowd. New York comics, yeah. and they were at the comic strip every night. You know, everybody doing hanging what out, we do, right? doing what we do. Uh, but I was a junkie waitress, so I just was there. You know, little. <laughs> trying to get through my shift and get go get another bag but you were still kind of like absorbing the stuff right like oh I this was. is going on like holy shit that's funny this is cool i can't believe the community that's going on here did I, you kind of see that or did you not not that didn't come until way later way like six months ago <laughs> here <laughs> You're like barely now right when i started here. albuquerque <laughs> i was like community finally yeah it's weird man um okay so you were working there for so a while so i was working at the comic strip and this this uh another comic who was working there who people might know rick shapiro he's insane like he worked on conan o'brien's show he worked as like he was like someone that people didn't even realize was like was an actor he seemed so crazy and just in the streets like wah like and he was on drugs also but then he he was on prescription drugs and i was on heroin so he like knew he somehow knew that i was a comedian that's him really <laughs> the james joyce of comedy they used to call him down in the east village Interesting. yes so he saw me and he was like you're you're a comedian and he would always shake his fucking hand at me you're a comedian and i go no i'm a junkie waitress and he's like no you're a comedian because we used to fuck around like he would say like voices to me and because i was such a mimic growing up comedy was my survival skill growing up so as most of us you were just a funny like a funny it person? was my it was how i survived okay because it was so violent and insanely exploiting you know, kids were getting fucked and people were getting beat up and guns were around. And I mean, it was gnarly, like yeah. drugs and guns. And when I was a little kid, so I was like, I better cha-cha-cha. Like, I was like, I better yeah-da-da-da-da-da-da. And so my thing was like how I got by, like Richard Pryor had a, Richard Pryor to me is my number one because he he was like, that's how he survived. Like that was, I hung out with gangs and they loved me because I was funny my family like put up with me because I was funny, you know? And so I was like, oh, you just have to be funny. Yeah. So even when I was on drugs, I was funny. Like I was going to score heroin for people that were too scared to go Lower East Side in New York City. And I was going to hang out with Puerto Rican dudes. Ah, what's up? Yeah. And they were like, look at this fucking girl. What in the fuck? It's Jess. Yeah, what's up? I was always all excited. And I used to wear big earrings that said love in them, you know, big door knockers. And okay. they'd be all, hey, love, hey, love. And I'd Wait, be like, what's up? Did that come kind of like from the upbringing? Because I know you have a joke about you coming from like a hippie compound. Uh-huh. So did that kind of come from that? Like, I always just got to be a nice person and be super friendly because, I mean, that's kind of what I've always seen around me in a sense. Or I think it had to do. Well, maybe that had something to do with it unconsciously. But I think it really had to do with the fact that I had absolutely nothing to lose and I really had a fun, like all the people that I got around me, even the gang members, 
they were so fun. Like they were funny as fuck, but, but we were shooting at people and we were smoking PCP and we were, you know, so everyone's always kind of had a sense of humor where I grew up. Like even my mom and her boyfriend, they had mad sense of humor, Okay, but the humor was like his, he would say to me when I was little, go play on the highway. Cause we lived right underneath Pacific coast highway uh. in Los Angeles. And I, and my mom would go, Oh, you know, he's just joking yeah. and, I, and I have a sense of humor. And I was like, ooh, that's like You're thinking about harsh. it, yeah. <laughs> Especially when you're at a younger age, right? Because it's harder to process it at, like we do now. Like now we kind of can like, oh, nuance, sarcasm. It's right. all, we kind of can understand it more. But as a kid, you could just be like, wait, what? You're like, facts. He hates me. Facts. He'd like me dead. Facts, you know? And, you know, he had guns in the house and he beat up my mom all the time. So it was like. You couldn't tell what was the joke. And that so, was more of a, that was a step figure, right? Like your step. They were never married. I mean, she didn't marry anybody, but, uh, but it sounds like it my was, family. So yeah. Right. Okay, cool, yeah, cool. Yeah. I felt like, I mean, I'm very open about where I come from because I feel like it helps people understand that like you can make it yeah. and you don't necessarily have to look like this. Like last night I did a show where everyone was asking me about police stuff and I have a few police stories, but because I look the way I look. I got out of a lot of it, you know, okay. whereas my friends went down, you know. So anyway, so I was working at the comic strip. Rick Shapiro says to me, you're funny. You're a comedian. And I go, no, I'm not. And he goes, yeah, you are. I'm putting on a show downtown. You come downtown and you write one joke and you do it at my show. And we'll see if you're a comedian or not. And it was like a challenge. So I was like, fuck this dude. I'm fucking going to write a fucking joke. I'll, I'll go it, yeah. down there. So I went down there and I did this joke in front of the crowd and it fucking killed and I was like, yo, it was better than the heroin. Like the laugh that I got from making my, from taking something that was true to me and putting it out funny to all these strangers. Do you remember what it was? Oh, hell yeah. Um, oh. Isaiah, uh, you know how girls, girls, you know how you, when you go home with a guy for the first time, you have to act like a virgin. Like you don't know what's going to happen where you're like, oh my God, Steve, I don't know. What do you want to do? And then um, when he gets you into bed, you're like, ah. Ow, it's supposed to hurt, right? Ow, oh my God, this is so weird. And then, um, but then three weeks later, if you're fucking the same dude, you're like, motherfucker, can't you fuck me any hotter than this? And then I do, whop out, whop out, like I'm slapping his ass. And, you know, that was my first joke, really. Yeah. I mean, on stage in front of people. <laughs> It's funny though, and it was fun. I mean, for the first joke, it was I'm, fine. It was like an act out. You know, they called yeah. it act out back then. When you like did characters and stuff. So I was like an act out comic. And that's why I think the the black comics loved me so much because we were very similar. Like me and the black and, and Puerto Rican comics in New York. I got him. I Well, I won that contest. So I so I fell in love with comedy and I was like, where do I go? What do I do? Or how does it done? Yeah. yeah. So I found that contest and I went to the African-American, you know, amateur African-American contest and I won. And I was like, what? And I mean, it was all uh, there was no white people in the audience. And I was the only girl in the show. Oh, okay. And I did like all my, you know, my act outs were all things that I knew, like people that I grew up with that you've done and scenarios yeah, that, that I've been seen, through. Yeah. And so I was like, I was doing a Puerto Rican, you know, I was like, I don't even think so. You know, I was doing like all the like Mexican girl, Puerto Rican girl, um, Jamaican girl. Like I was doing all the 
girls, you know, and in scenarios that I had been in in New York, like true, real yeah. being on the train and a girl mad dogging you and then talking to you, thinking you're looking at her man, yeah. like all kinds of stuff. I yeah, I so I just wrote it in and I thought and I exaggerated, you know, yeah. because I knew I was good enough because I had grown up with people and I wasn't I wasn't. I'm not the type of, <laughs> this is going to sound weird, but I'm not the type of white person that's just learned about things from TV. Like I grew up, you know, in LA, I grew up taking the bus, being going to the public welfare school. office. Go, yeah, public oh, school, going to the yeah. unemployment office, the welfare office. Yeah. My mom had food stamps. Like, not that that's all kids of color, but that's what America thinks. Yeah, majority. Even though white people, a lot of white people are on the dole. There's yeah. no fucking doubt. But... It was just my, I was exposed to a lot more than kids usually are, especially in Los Angeles. Like in L.A., it's a car culture. So no one sees each other. See, OK, so. Yeah. How, how did you. So you grew up in L.A.? I grew up in L.A. in LA. Hollywood proper. Yeah. Oh, damn. And That's... then my mom was in Santa Monica in a, a hotel. And then what made you go to New York then? Uh, after the riots. Well, I dropped out of high school and the riots um, in 92. <laughs> So funny. I in ninety two the riots, the Rodney King riots. I was two years old. Oh my I know. That's I know I'm crazy. old. I know I'm an old person. You're not okay. old. You're but I mean, wise I'm I have amazing. a lot of I'm a crone, I'm a witch, I'm a I'm accepting I didn't know I'd grow up. Yeah. Here's the thing. You're the witch that put a spell on me that I can't age anymore. There you go. I mean, Peter I, Pan. I never can get anywhere. Look, I don't think any <laughs> of us if we do comedy, it's very hard to look real old because you're like happy and shit. Yeah. We're smiling all the time. I like I love this. You know what I mean? Yeah, and we're doing more than what normal people people do I exactly feel. I feel like a lot of people just sit around get nine to five mm -hmm. just I'm done with the day after the nine to five but there's some of us who are just like oh man I got to go out to do comedy after the nine to five exactly. I got to do more than just oh, I'm gonna just sit down and stuff or just exactly just, so I can see that I fuller can. life makes you fuller person and makes you happier like if I if if what I do brings people joy and people find themselves and in what I'm talking about and and say like, oh, my God, that I relate to that. But we don't look anything alike. Then I'm doing the, my job. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like to be able to relate to everybody and be able to to let everybody know, like we all come from fucked up places. Doesn't matter that I we come from, you know, whatever, poor or broken home. It doesn't matter yeah. if you can take that and make some sort of magic out of it. And I say this all the time. I don't care if you're an accountant. If you love numbers, fuck with numbers. Or do it, That's yeah. your passion. Go fucking do it. You know, do it to where you, the excitement is an excitement. Yes. Like, like I walked into this studio and I was like, shut up. I mean, I'm so excited to be here yeah. and I'd be excited every fucking time I came in here because this is what's up. Yeah. This is what we do. And that's so crazy. Cause like, I'm, I'm really proud of it too. Cause like I could never, especially growing up and stuff, I would never have thought I would like made it this like up to this far. Cause oh, I come from the same thing. Like, come from a trailer park home, the ghetto, like a bunch of, like here, I've never really left New Mexico. I've always lived here my whole life. So every bad scenario or any bad thing people talk about here, I've seen it. And it's it's been done here. So, I mean, I know about it. But being able to know that there's more than what you grow up in. You know, mm -hmm. you don't have to live in that kind of, I don't know, want to say that environment or stuff. Because I still yeah. love my parents to death. I mean, I didn't have the best childhood, but I'll still I still respect them to, to of the course, fullest and of course. all that all that great stuff. But if it wasn't for the hardship, I wouldn't be 
where I am or who I am right now. Exactly. And that's crazy to think about. I mean, exactly. And, and especially in your sense too, like you've done so much already in comedy where I'm just like, what, why are you mm-hmm. not famous? Like, I know it's weird. It's, it is weird to, to th- and I don't know fame or whatever. I've only lived in LA or New York. So I grew up in LA. It's fame. It's fame. N- not doing comedy, doing drugs, hanging out with gang members, getting shot at, like shooting people, like not, you know, I didn't think I was going to live. So <laughs> so when I got to, I ran away from, not ran away, but I was already living on my own. In 10th grade, I dropped out of high school because I was living on my own already. And so I was like, all right, I got to get out of here. And so after the riots, I, I just decided to move to New York. My mom's a Jew from New York. So I always, I, I went out there a couple times when I was a little kid. Like she would send me to live with my cousin or whatever uh, for a second. So you already like, kind of knew a little bit mm-hmm. about it and stuff. And I was like, New York is badass. Because in New York, everybody, it's like here. Like everybody just does their shit. And, and it's not really judgmental of other people. Like LA is the most judgmental town you'll ever fucking go to. Like, how do you, uh, how do you know them? What are you doing? What are you working on right now? And I never liked that. Was that even back then? Dude, it's Hollywood. It's been that, that's how come it was built. Like that's a- the whole, that's from the 1920s. Like that's a bunch of Jewish dudes from New York decided to go to Hollywood and build a bunch of studios because they couldn't get money in the east coast you know they could they wouldn't give money to the jews in the east so these motherfuckers poor ass this is how come i wonder why people hate jews they just don't know the history it's cool uh, but you know whatever so guys many things about there's it so much but anyway they came out to la because they could get loans they were getting loans in la and they were able to borrow money and build studios in los angeles and it just became that and it became hollywood whole, yeah. and that's what what a hollywood is and that's why like oh jews run hollywood well they built it but they didn't build it like from you know their inheritance yeah. like the fools that we fucking all these people think are great i'm like these fools are all inherited babies like fuck these people what you know we're good people that we work our way up angel we but worked our way up trying to but yeah trying to <clears throat> <laughs> but here's the thing about getting stuff like when i got on def jam they told me, yeah, we got to put you like in braids. We got to put you in FUBU. Like we but don't know what you did it once before. I, That's what's crazy. It's like they didn't, did they try, they didn't try to change you before you did your first set there. Right. No. Or after you did your set, they're like, Hey, this would probably be a better approach. Yeah. After Russell Simmons and like the, the company saw me. Okay. They were like, uh, we don't know what to do with it. Cause they didn't know who to compare me to see Hollywood and the industry are very closed off, like minded. They only really want something that they can compare it to, to like when they want to sell you the, all the meetings that I've had, Angel, they, the first thing they ask me, who do people say you remind them of? Really? And I go, nobody. I go, I don't have that. I don't, that doesn't happen with me. People don't go like, Oh my God, you're just like, I'm not just like somebody else. Cause I'm fucking, you know, I hate um, Mae West. Like, do you even know who that is? She's from like in the 1930s. She was like a big boob. She's come up and see me sometime, big boy. Like, she's like an icon of Hollywood that was a, a writer, a female writer, very bawdy, very sexual. And that's who I relate to. I'm like, she's the only one. Because you know why? All these female comics. Yeah, that's her baby. Yeah, she's like, hey, is that a gun in your pocket? Are you just happy to see me? That's her line. She wrote that line. She wrote all her lines in Hollywood. Like, a a hard man is good to find. That's her line. 
Like, mm-mm, motherfucker. Too much of a good thing is wonderful. Fuck yeah, bitch. What? Right. That's that's what I'm talking about. Unabashed, unashamed, sexual, exciting, smart. Yeah. Okay. Joan Rivers, yeah. These ladies from the old school, yeah, hell yeah. They were fucking fighting their way. They made the path for us, right? But then you look at the female comedians from the last 20 years, even 30 years. Oh, my God, Angel. They're all fucking victims. They're victims. Do you hear me? Amy Schumer. Uh, Oh, my God. uh, Sex? It's so scary, isn't it? Scary. Oh, I'm a pig. I'm disgusting. My vagina's at... Fuck you, bitch. Shut the fuck up. Stop giving women a bad fucking sense of self. Stop talking shit about yourself. Especially when she... And that's why... Huh? Especially when she makes herself go out there so, like, I am so, like, this... Yeah, it's a bullshit... Beauty thing, but still bashes down she a lot. She bashes herself. Sarah Silverman bashes herself. Uh, uh, you know who doesn't? Margaret Cho. I respect Margaret Cho. She doesn't bash on herself because she's like a, you know, she's like a bisexual. It's like the lesbian. I'm talking about straight cis women. Okay. Victim, victim, victim. And it makes me crazy. And that's why people are like, ooh, you talk like a man. I go, no, I fucking. How come we're so brainwashed? That because I like sex and I like men and I like talking about getting mine. People are like, oh, my God, you sound like a man. And I go, are we that fucking brainwashed America that we're like, oh, look at this lady. You can't talk like, like get wood is my moniker, right? Yeah. Get wood. I'm Jess Wood. Get it. Get yeah. wood. I like wood. <laughs> what, what, what? All that stuff. You know how many men in comedy have told me men in power shouldn't use that. You're a pretty young lady. You should talk about how hard it is to date. You should talk about how you don't like your body. You should talk about, fuck you, fuck you, and fuck you. All that is not true. Yeah, I struggle with body. Everybody struggles with body. But fuck you, I like myself. Yeah. I want to fuck. I'm talking to dudes. I'm blowing dudes. I'm, and I'm not like, it's not like I'm like slutty McGee. You know I haven't fucked a comic since I've been here. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, uh-uh. I'm, I pick and choose yeah. and I'm not going to fuck a comic. It's too close. But you know what I mean? Like I can't stand it when people say you're too dirty. Why? Because I like to masturbate and I talk about it. Or they do try to like push you in a direction where they think you should be going. Exactly. Like, this is your comedy or this is what you should be. And it kind of, I kind of get it. It's too. so disrespectful, yo. It's weird. It's so disrespectful because they would never do that to a dude. And like, and like, look, so Def Jam, they wanted to braid my hair, put me in FUBU. And, and I was like, nah, nah. The audience likes me for me because I'm authentic as me. Yeah. And I know what I know. And they know I know what I know, and it's fucking for real. <laughs> so it's like I'm not talking about shit I don't know, but I'm not going to dress up and pander to your fucking black crowd. Like, ew. Because that's how you developed. You already know. Right. Yeah. That's me. I don't, I'm not going to change me. And that's how come I quit. I've quit so many times because people tell me you can't do what you do. You can't talk about what you talk about. You can't do racial stuff. You can't do characters like you do. You can't talk about sex like you do. I've been told all that stuff, Angel. That makes no sense. Makes no sense at all. I'm like, the audience is laughing so hard. I was kicked out of a club in New York City. New York City. I was banned from a club. So they told me I was too dirty. Here's the thing. The guy who went before me, the comic, because I was a I was a regular at this club. Yeah. 
and I made money and I was there three ni- three times a night on Friday, Saturday. And it was amazing for me. Developed the fan. De- unbelievable. Had audience come back to see me, had write-ups about me. I mean, it was amazing. I was like, oh, I'm finally getting a little bit of my due. Yeah. Uh-uh. The owner came up. He's like, yeah, you can't. You're really too dirty. And I go, you know, your whole wait staff stops when I'm on stage. You know that, right? Your whole wait staff comes in the room and stops fucking working when I'm on stage because they want to watch. Like, come on, bro. Your people are people are coming back to see me. Your club's getting right, written up because of my name. And here's the thing that got me. The dude who used to I used to follow on stage, he was a white guy comic, and he used to talk about coming in his girlfriend's eye and that she had to wear a patch, but now he didn't mind because he's fucking a pirate. And I was like, of course you don't mind that because it's fucking with a woman. It's making a woman blind in the eye. Yeah, I was, I was, yeah it's like, here we go, misogyny fucking rules again. That's so fucked up. Yeah, like, and then here I come out, and I'm not trying to be, you know. And you know what's even worse is like me agreeing with all this. It's like, oh, great, that is a pussy right there. That guy, that guy obviously doesn't get the whole like being the masculinity part about it and stuff like you know what's funny and you know what's real and you know what's fucking you know bullshit america and when they fuck with you and don't give you the chances that you need because overpicked by a man or something yeah and i mean don't get me wrong or a chick that wants to talk about how her pussy's ugly oh yeah exactly and i'm like no pandering to what uh, a man or something yeah exactly like eliza schlesinger lovely lady but goddamn stop talking shit about ladies you know how annoying we are. We're so annoying. Aren't we annoying? Like, okay, her whole act is about how annoying women are. And in, and men fucking love it. And you know what's crazy? Is <laughs> like, you're seeing that and you're like, fuck you. I'm not that annoying. I'm not you. That's for sure. And yeah, no, there's a lot of women who aren't that annoying, Angel. <laughs> I, yeah, they're really, they're, there shouldn't be. I would there's hope men not. that are really fucking annoying too. So that's the thing. And that's the thing that I think is so insane that still in 2022, like we can talk all this shit about being, you know, even the fluidity, like sexuality, fluid. I'm so down with the kids. I love that everyone's getting into fluidity and having non-binary and all that stuff. I really fucking dig it. But here's the thing that I think is sad. We've skipped over the shame part of sex and intimacy. Nobody's talking about how people still have such a hard time asking for what they need, saying what they don't want, in bed having intimate situations yeah that's why i have a joke about consent and then the guy choking me i'm like i excuse me <laughs> young man stop fucking choking me we didn't discuss this i didn't sign off on this you know what i mean like i signed off on you fucking me you asked me if this was good we were fine and then all of a sudden and you're gonna spit on me like i don't want that and you know how many couples i know who are like oh i can say like the girl says oh i could say i don't want that yeah you can and even the guy, oh, I thought she wanted it. Yeah, I know. We're not talking. Yeah, so it's like you can be non this or all that or gender fluid or whatever. I fucking adore it. It's beautiful. But if we're not addressing the real issues of intimacy and being able to talk to one another. Yeah, people going in there confused that like. Then what the fuck? I don't care. You're a girl. You're a boy. You're nothing. I'll give a fuck. Can you talk to someone and ask for what you would like? Yeah. In an intimate situation. Or you end up finding it in like a fucked up way, like on the internet, right. going to random rooms, and then like it yeah. turns into like this horrific kind of experience that you didn't didn't want. Like, right. It's, 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 IRL is a very hard place to be. I know. Right. In real life, it's very hard to be in real life yeah. with everyone, especially since COVID. Even before that, we're so on our screens. Nobody's really talking, but we've never talked. That's the thing. 
about certain things we've never talked. We've sold tits and ass, my, you know, since television and radio began. Yeah. And yet we're not allowed to talk about it. Talk about it. You know, there's no sex ed curriculum in this country. Not anymore. Never was. Well, I kind I remember going. No, I know. It. Everybody has it. But it's not the same. It's not like oh, there's okay. one that's yeah. throughout the nation that everybody goes, oh, and they adhere to this wonderful educational system of sex. No, every county and every school can choose the way they want to teach about it. Okay. And unfortunately, that just leads to ignorance yeah. and misinformation. Yes. All kinds of. And everyone's online, so it's like whatever. But anyway, especially with what you can see, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's what makes it even weirder. Is like you just yeah. type in porn, but you see the most relatable search right now, and then it's gangbang or something. Mm-hmm. You don't get to see the aspects of developing love or like intimacy or any of that <laughs> stuff. You're just like, oh, what is porn? Oh shit! First thing, gangbang. Holy shit! This is what people are into. I guess this is what I'm into now, and right. that that's weird, and and it's kind of. Like even growing up at that sense, it's just like, oh, man, like I I guess I'm lucky because I grew up in a sense where the Internet was still in their development. I didn't get on the Internet. I was like at least like like 13 or 14. So I still understood. (laughs) I still understood about like playboys and like naughty tapes and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And you kind of get this different aspect of what a relationship and what falling in love and all this other stuff comes from. Wait, that's true, too. That's very true. You can't just beep, click it. <laughs> There's something about waiting. Well, you, you know, did back then, shit. too, the whole stupid deep, deep, yeah. deep, Well, we didn't have a computer, but yeah, I I know people that did that. But here, back to comedy, right? And it's the same thing. The, the sex stuff, the comedy, it's all the same stuff because we're humans that are in a, in a, you know, the human suffering, the, the human condition. It's so hard. We're just living in these bodies who knows if any of this is even real it could be a whole simulation right so who cares that i was on these shows or whatever but i will tell you the kill tony i know people love kill tony oh okay yes i'm glad that you went into that because i didn't want to kind of segue into that as well so how many times did you appear on the show on kill tony yes three times three times yes okay so i think i saw number two but it was the episode with Burt Kreischer and, and Bobby. Bobby Lee. Is that the that most was famous? my favorite one? Is that the most their favorite? I don't know. That was my favorite that I did because they were so because Bert's such a dick, you know. And there were some things that you said too, where I was just like, "Holy shit, I need to know more." Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, here's the thing about Kill Tony that I I, I really appreciated the the pick, you know, because you don't know if it's real or if it's we don't know ever still if it's real or if it's uh you know um. You know, they have a bucket that they choose. Yeah. They say it's random. Yeah, but it doesn't feel that way sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't feel like that. Because I've, I've, because I follow the show pretty religiously. Okay, so how does it feel as an audience member? I feel like it's pretty random, but okay. again, I love how they call it the bucket of destiny because there are some times where you've gotten people that have gotten picked four times in a row that same week, and you're or four times in a row every week, and you're just like, wait, what? And it's the most horrible act ever. And you're just like, is this kind of like forgetting laughs? Because obviously the interview portion is what makes it so much funny and why maybe they would be keep picking that person compared to picking an actual comic, does a good set and has maybe some minimalistic things to say where they're just like, yeah, lived a normal life. I do comedy, have a nine to five job, ta-da, compared to this random person where it's just like, Oh my God! This is outrageous. I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes it seemed really random, and sometimes it seemed horrifyingly, 
you know, chosen. <laughs> yeah. Because I knew comics that were coming for years and never got and picked. never got picked. and and that is just That's heartbreaking, right? Oh, it's horrifying. <laughs> I mean, the energy in the room because there's four because it always sold out, and oh. I think it seats like 300 people or uh, something. But, okay, see, that's crazy yeah. too. Just find the development of it selling out because I even gone oh, all yeah, the way came back from a little teeny, yeah, from the the original room, the the belly room, the belly room. Yeah, how cool is that though? Have you been to all those places in the? Of course, yeah, I've played. All those rooms. That's so fucking yeah. awesome. Like, yeah. I could just imagine just being able to start at like the comedy store where people have, I mean, you go down the, the walls and stuff, you see all these famous people that have been there before and it's just You like, see them when you're there, yeah. I mean, even like, I'm not starstruck from guys who were my age because they're, I came up with them, like Bobby and Bert. I wasn't you saw I did not care. Yeah. I did not give one shit for well, those. Yeah, again. Kids. Like, I don't give a fuck. And Tony and them, I'm like, Redmond, you know, me and Redmond made out a million years ago. Like, he doesn't want to admit it. You know, he doesn't ever yeah, book well, me for the Friday night thing that he does. Is that uh, so, really, like, really? so lame. I'm like, book me at the ice house, you dick. I'm funny. And the thing, I don't know if you noticed, and I'm not saying like, oh, you have to memorize my guest starring appearances, but. I want to. It's first, hard. Thank you. Everybody but, has so much when you start learning. Like, Kurt Fletcher has done so much. I'm just like, holy fuck. I can't uh, Sarah Kennedy. I'm just like, I yeah. cannot follow all of you guys and all the stuff you've done because it's just, especially finding out about like the stuff you've done, like the access TV <laughs> thing. That was crazy too. Yeah. Cause I know you were telling me about that too, where the guy did not want to book you at all, mm-hmm. at all. But then all of a sudden it's like, Hey, we got this gig probably be perfect for you. Mm-hmm. So that's years on his fucking, I, I bartended at Gotham comedy club because of the promise that I would get spots and he still didn't put me up. That's so funny. And he crazy. was one of the guys in New York that told me you shouldn't use get wood. You're a pretty young lady. You shouldn't use that pretty young lady. Suck my dick, bro. Fuck you. I was like, I, here's the thing. People are laughing. Your audience is laughing There's, when I'm here. Yeah. There's audiences there. La- I'm making crowds laugh. I'm not. I'm doing my job. So book me, you know, but it, it's not like that. So, um, but anyway, Kill Tony was, here's the thing. My first appearance on there, you know, you have one minute, right? Yeah. You have 60 seconds to tell a joke or two. And okay. Here, okay. Yes. I, I'm sorry. I don't mean it's to. Okay. No. 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 <laughs> I want. I'm like running my mouth. No. I love it. It's amazing. Thanks. Uh, okay. So, um, d- when you got picked the first time. Yes. And then you got picked the second time. Yeah. Was it a week? How many? Wh- what was the time span of the second pick? I think it was two weeks later. Mm-hmm. Okay. Before because, you got the second pick. Yeah, because he. I remember Tony saying, "Oh, we saw this young lady a couple weeks ago. She was a lot of fun." And was that the Burt Kreischer one, or mm-hmm. was that the second one? I think was Burt and Bobby. Okay, and then you still had another pick, and then I had another one. Yeah. Was it in a longer time span, or still kind of the same still one? Still kind of short, maybe a week. Weeks. Okay. Yeah. I need. To, I want to see that. And I've been hanging out. You know, I hang out at the store. Like yeah. I go every week, even if I don't get picked. Just yeah, just that, to hang out like everyone else there. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah there's fucking seven thousand comics, and that's crazy to think about too. Mm-hmm. Is like because now it's not as big because you know as they've relocated to uh, Austin, Texas. Oh, Kill Tony is now being in Austin, Texas. Uh-huh. So first it started off in this little club. Well, it's not little, but it's called the club called Antones. Mm-hmm. Where like it's really famous for having like blues players like Stevie Ray Vaughan and like Gilby Clark oh, wow. and stuff like that play wow. there. So Kill Tony was there for a while, uh-huh. and it was kind of like the beginning stages again. Like they didn't. They had ha- to re- restart. Yes, exactly. Yeah. They didn't have a lot of people. the The bucket was kind of like, oh well, look, we have kind of not as much to pick from. But then they ended up growing more, and I don't know if you know the whole controversy he's having with uh, that comedian. Uh, 
I cannot remember his name. God dang. He's an Asian comedian that he uh, was having a really bad controversy with. Who, Tony? Yeah. Oh, well, here's the thing. (laughs) I don't doubt it. I don't doubt that they have controversy with fucking everybody because guess what? They're not nice people. And they're low-hanging fruit. They're they're not – I shouldn't call them names, but (laughs) they're 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 not nice. That's the thing. They're not nice. They're not. They're not nice and they're not interesting or smart. And that, here's why I'll, I'll say this. And I'll, I don't care. They know that I feel like this about them. I'm not scared. When the first night that I got chosen, my one minute was my joke about getting shot in a drive-by in Hollywood. Okay. And not being in a gang, but being with a gang. You know, whatever my joke is. You've, you've seen it. Yeah. As soon as the cat meowed, which is the end of their deal. Yeah. You, uh, yeah. Of my time. Um... They were like, oh, how old are you? And I was like, what? I go, I just gave you gold. You don't want to ask me about being shot? Ask me about being in a gang? Like, what What are you doing? Have you ever been with another girl? Like, you know what? It's, fuck you. Do you know a guy, a comedian? Well, not really a comedian, but a guy <laughs> whose name Red Bar. I can't remember his actual name, but he's a guy that hates all the comedians from the comedy store, like he does not like Joe Rogan, Tony Hinchcliffe, Ryan Redband, or anything like that. And he brings up videos and stuff of like stuff that they do that's like inappropriate and shitty at to kill Tony and stuff yeah. like that. And I love that you bring that up because it's fuck. First of all, so stupid. Don't get me wrong. I love Tony Hinchcliffe. He's a great comedian. He has his moments. He does whatever. But now, Kill Tony has gotten to the point where he asks the dumbest and stupidest questions every time. What do you mean, gotten to the point? I think you need to go back. Here's the thing that I think, Angela. I think you've developed in your comedy. You've developed in your voice. And you're looking now. This happens all the time, babe. You're looking now back at people that you really thought, wow, these people are fucking great. And now you're like, hmm. (laughs) It's a little weakness here and there. But how do they get then? That's crazy because they got to a a certain point, right? I mean, haters hate and they fucking get celebrated for it. Do you know how many nights I watched people bomb on Kill Tony's stage and they would go to the audience, hey, do you guys guys like it when they bomb? And everyone's like, yeah. See, that's. And I go, why the fuck? Is that a bad thing, though? Okay, see, this is my my opinion of it, though. As a comedian, yeah. But but you go to watch your friends do great, right? Yes. You go, but is there not a satisfaction when they do bad because you know that they're trying to do really good? No. It's hard enough, man. Why the fuck? You you, you have a friend that's a fireman and he gets burned up in a building and you're like, I'm not so good of a fireman. Like, wait, we're comics. We're not supposed to go and... And and fuck with one and like I, I roast is one thing I don't love a roast but yeah but in but, in but, life but to the sense why are where we doing this but to, to the other? sense where you know like it maybe maybe uh, the offset of like you shouldn't have wore that thing or maybe the crowd was not with you on some sense and like not to the sense where you're like condemning them to like not do comedy ever again but you understand why they bombed that night with them like I, I don't want to make it seem like you're making fun of them but it's into a, it's more of a sense where like. Dude, when they come up to you and they're like, oh, man, I can't believe I kn- I fucked up on that joke. It's like, I know. Why the fuck did you do that laugh? You never do that laugh. What the f-? Like in that kind of sense, not where you're just but like. But that's a smaller. I think you're. Ta- I'm sorry to cut you off, but I really believe you're talking about a smaller situation. Correct. OK. Not a room of 300 people live streaming all over the world. 
you know, nine people behind you on stage. Like more of like the open (laughs) mic sense and stuff like that. That's great. A very support, a very funny and fun and you can fuck around with people. But when your friends have been coming to this fucking show and waiting for three hours every week for two years and they finally get their due and they're up there for a minute and they don't do well, I'm, I'm crushed for them. There's no way I, there's no way I feel like, oh man, (laughs) why'd you do that? (laughs) Especially if they fucking have to stand on stage and then get interviewed for 10 minutes by some fools that are like, oh, what the fuck was that, Burke? You know, and I tell you what, you remember Malcolm Hatchett? Yeah. The darling, my little nephew. He, he quit, you know. Like quit comedy? No, quit that shit. Quit. Yes. KT. Because you know why? Because he They're was not regu- nice. He was a regular, right? Yeah, and you know what? They fucking used his ass. Like they could talk shit about black people because they got a black kid that's in their show. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Same with Joel. He's not there anymore either. Joelberg. Yeah. It, well, it's because they left though, right? Yeah, but mm, I'm sorry. I mean, he, I know Chris and Joel stayed in L.A. and everything, yeah. but. And I really respect Joel too. Cause Joel's bad ass. He's a uh, he's shared a couple of my Instagrams <sighs> before where I was just like, "Holy shit, man!" He's sweet. He's the sweetest one out of all of them. And the first time that I got up on stage, I had already seen the show a couple times, and he had dressed up as what's her name, and you know, um, the chola, the cholita, and oh, okay. you know, and and he was like, "Oh, I had jacked him off." That was his like line for the show. I had jacked him off. Oh no, I got. It. I went to visit him, but I had jacked him off in jail, and so I was laughing. I was like, "I love this guy." <laughs> Who's this jacked him off? And when I got up on stage the first night, I made a reference to that. I said, oh, shut up. You jacked him off. You don't know nothing. And they were like, oh, you. Oh, you're like they they kind of couldn't believe. And they're asking me, how come we don't know you? I go, yeah, how come you don't know me? How come? How old are you? I said, how old are you guys? We're probably the same age. We've been doing this long enough, right? Yeah, especially the way I you said, brought what the, fuck? the red band thing. Yeah. I got made out with that fool. Oh, yeah. And he's and they, all yeah, weird. It went, yeah, it went straight. Ugh. They didn't even talk about it. I know. It. I got so upset. I was so like, dumb. what the fuck? I'm telling you, they don't know entertainment. They don't know entertainment, man. That's crazy. And let me tell you, there was a whole crew of black kids that used to come to that show. They used to support like mad. They got t-shirts. Apollo 13. 13 black kids that used to come all the time. And they fucking split too because they were like, no. Nah. No, thank you. Wow. Some hateful shit going on up there. That's crazy. Yeah. And it's just, I don't want to say it's just like spreading, but now again, they're in It's just not funny. I mean, look, you can go anywhere in America and get people that hate on people. It's hater town. It's hater USA. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole thing. Like for me, I don't like that every time I get like close to something, people go, "Mm, you're not supposed to do that. What do you mean? How come I can't be me? Yeah. Like my best friend in comedy is a black guy who was told he was too white for the black rooms. And I was told I was too black for the white rooms. And I'm like, excuse me, what? Uh, and that's how come we became best friends. It's because he had this like, hey, they're telling me to do this. Well, he told me, he said, Jessica, can you believe they're telling us that we can't be ourselves? I said, I know. You know what's crazy, though, is like when he's you doing hear, really well. <laughs> but when you hear it from an established, like kind of like a comic that's been doing it for a while. Yeah. When they tell you like, hey, buddy, I, I don't think you should be doing that because like. I've been told that I shouldn't be going up there with the pink sweater. Why? Who? Who? Who's? Who? What? I don't want to drop names. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no. I'm but just, that's just. Uh, but see, that's again. That's like I feel so much more comfortable because I feel like that's me. Like, uh, like. Yeah, you have to be you. But it's weird. Don't ever let people. 
But you can't. Do you think like you still can be you with this like neutral sense of yourself going up there? So no. like that's what people say. Like if you go up there with more of like a neutral sense, they don't expect what to find out of you. Let me tell you something, Angel. Let me tell you something about comics. Every motherfucker is going to give you advice. Every if Every everyone knows fucking what they're knows doing, right? exactly how to do it and where to be and what to wear and oh, be careful. You don't want to distract and oh, you're talking too much about this or that. Fuck you. You know, comedy. We are an art form like none else. We're truth tellers. We're fully ourselves if we're good. Think of all the people that you love. And I don't mean Tony and them. I mean, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, like, the people that you go, whoa, like, god damn, they're saying something. Like, one of my old time favorite yes. old comics yes. is Yakov Smirnov. Well, there you go. He's so original because of what where he comes from. He wasn't allowed. They're not allowed comedy there. Yeah, exactly. Right. They, the, the Ministry of Jokes? What? You have to have your jokes screened before you can even say any of them? Uh-huh. I was like, we are, have it lucky. That's right. So, so lucky. That's right. And the, what That's that, why everyone's an expert, though, Ainge. That's why everyone's an expert, because we have so much freedom in our speech. In our print, in our press, in our, you know, we can say whatever the fuck we want. So we're going to tell everybody else, hey. You <laughs> and that's crazy to think about, too, because I, I hate that I've gotten to that point where I've gotten, I've done that a few times, too, especially with my guitar playing. Because mm. I've been doing it for like 15 years now. Well, yeah, you can, you're very good. So I feel like when somebody's like, hey, am I doing this right? Like, I, I'm trying so hard not to be that person where I'm just like, no, your technique is wrong. The whole form is wrong. This isn't how it should be done. But I should embrace what they're trying to learn and try to like excel them in whatever pattern they're doing it in. Yeah, you got to let people be who they are, especially in like in music. Like I can't really tell somebody like, oh, this is this is the E minor scale and it's always the E major scale and you always have to play it this way. And, and like most of the best music, no one ever knew what they were playing. Right. So. And same with any art. I really believe that all the arts have this amazing place for this, you know, a newness, an abstract and a something, whatever, whatever, like you said earlier, whatever you feel good about, whatever makes you feel good, your passion, your thing that that makes you feel good. Painting, guitar, comedy, acting, numbers, whatever the fuck, science, you know, water, who fucking knows that do it and don't let anyone tell you you're doing it wrong. And when people ask you for advice, you give them the basics like you're a guitar. You could teach them. These are the scales. Yeah. Practice your scales. You'll figure out how what your style is if you practice enough. Yeah. The same with comedy. You have to know what you're like. I stuck to my guns and that's why people don't, you know, if I would have said, oh, I'm like her, or I'm like this. They would have been like, oh, OK, cool. Or stop talking about these things, Jessica, and we'll let you play at our club. Like, uh, no. Interesting. You know, yeah. no. And sexually, I was approached, you know. I've never sucked a dick, you know, to get further. And like, I don't I don't judge any ladies or gentlemen who do. But I just chose that a different route. Not to do it. Nah. I mean, it doesn't. I always joke. I never sucked the right dick. I always sucked a dick I liked. Yeah, there you go. You know, I don't want to fucking. I mean, you know, all this stuff, like even talking about, you know, um, online and, and sex and no intimacy and, and all that stuff. 
I always think of like pop culture and what we're all seeing, what we're getting fed all the time. And even the the Kim and Pete Davidson, Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson thing. I think it's really interesting that everyone wants to focus on his cock and not on the fact that he's like sad. He lives with his mom. He lives in a basement. He's suicidal. Women love that shit, dude. <laughs> I mean, I hate to say it, but we were like, oh my God, I could totally help him. Oh my God. No one wants to focus on the parts of that are sensitive is what I'm saying. Like the pink sweater, sweatshirt hoodie whatever you want to wear never ever have i thought oh my god angel's blowing it with his pink fucking sweat or that cool one that you have with all the patched stuff on it love is that the same one we're talking about i love that fucking sweater man or jacket it's too thin to be a jacket but (laughs) i love that shit and you wouldn't tell chuck parker not to wear a flannel or some you know levi's yeah Oh, Chuck, come on. I think you want to give more of a time. Yeah, cut your hair, Chuck. Yeah, exactly. Like, what are, what, what, What's everybody doing? We're all individuals. Okay. And we should allow each other to be the individuals that we are. And, and we should support and love those individuals. Ideas, yeah, yeah. the ideas, everything that you bring to the table. Because they're yeah. so unique. Like, Right. Unless you're bringing hate, I'm all for you. Unless you're bringing some hate or some ignorant shit, like... Bert, I don't care that Bert was chiming in about my mom being dead or how she died or whatever. It was just that it wasn't funny. You know, like, I don't care. I don't get offended unless it's not funny. Yeah. So. Yeah. Even then, though, like they they, they try to do it to make it seem like if it's funny. Right. Yeah. Or like they're like, I'm trying to get what is it called? A shock laugh yeah. or something to like if it's to the extreme enough. They're like, oh, even that. Yeah. Even that noise is thrived by some comics. Oh, sure. Is just the gasps. And I'm just like, that's a little, that's a weird, that is a little weird. Everyone has what they, you know, what they're doing and their style. I mean, like I've, uh, people tell me still not to do stuff. You shouldn't talk about abortion. I had a girl here tell me, you know, we don't talk about abortion here. She told me. I've seen it too. I said, uh, I don't give a fuck. I talk about abortion and it's important. And that's why we do comics, I think, who talk about stuff that like you talk about the non-binary stuff. And it's very like it's cute the way you do it because it's kind of hidden in, in a way. And I love it. But like people get so uptight. Why people get so uptight? I don't. It's uh, I guess it's that uh, like somebody knows better than the other person. Right. Like you were Everybody's saying. an expert. Yeah. And especially that comes. <sighs> I hate to say it, but it comes from this freedom of speech thing. Right. <laughs> It's like, hey, yeah. if I have the freedom to say whatever I want, my opinion is better than your opinion. Yeah. And that's my exactly. freedom to say that. Exactly. And that's crazy but amazing because, like, you end up with situations like, uh, like, is China really as bad as we think it is? And if it is or it isn't, then what are some things that we should do to kind of replicate that same aspect? Because I think China's bad. Don't get me wrong. China has a. Very- I don't know. I've never been there. That's the thing. I think if no, it, here's the thing. Okay, government. The government <laughs> of China is bad. It sounds horrible, but so does ours. I mean, I know we're not communists, really, but uh. to the extent, right? You're just like, <laughs> Are ah, what's going? Especially we're kind with- of run by like a hundred companies run us. Yeah, we're kind of numb to the situation. We say there's freedom of speech and freedom of press, but really is there? Because sometimes people get really fucked up for it. Yeah, people get mandates to do certain <laughs> yeah. things now. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. So who knows? I love that oh. perspective too. Like you, you uh, 
I bet you the people in China feel the same way when they talk about America. Like, I can't believe how unfree they really are. Like, they think they're free and they're not. And Well, if they've never been here, yeah. Would... Like I said earlier, if, if all that we learn from about one another around the world is from television or even from the Internet, I don't care. It's not like... You know, I remember when the internet came around and it was like, oh, I can talk to my friend in China. And I go, oh, this is, we're in for it. We're so in for it. Because again, everybody's an expert, you know? Yeah. And I, and I think maybe it was a, it was a, it was a fault of mine, like too much of it, but I'm very humble. Like I don't claim to know anything. I don't claim to know anything. I talk about what I have experienced and I hope to relate to people and I hope to bring joy to people. But other than that, uh-uh. But with with the experiences that you've had and stuff, don't you have like questions about certain things that I mean arise and come up come into like play? Like what? Like like the government thing, or maybe like the, our question of why we're even here, or like space in general. <sighs> like like thinking of that stuff is like really mind blowing because we can't yeah. even comprehend leaving the troposphere to seeing what the difference between our sky and space would even be. Like I can't comprehend that, but I know it's. It's something there, right? I mean, I guess I've never been. I don't even know if those fools went in that penis rocket. You don't think like I it's, don't know. It's, like the what's the new the James Hubble tell or the new uh, James Webb telescope? I think it's called or something. They just launched a really new telescope that's like this amazing new telescope, but like so they can see further into space. It's further into space, wow. and it, it does its own like orbital pattern or something. So it's doing some crazy stuff out there. But is that one of those things where it's just like whatever they see we portray as like the truth if if you want i mean it's up to you it's everyone's individual you know because you have a pretty open mind right Jess? i do i'm open to everything because if i haven't experienced it i can't say whether or not if i haven't met that person or been to that place or done that thing i can't really comment on it I, I i can comment on what i've experienced do you like to imagine about it maybe or kind mm. of like think of the possibility of it <laughs> when i'm on acid <laughs> uh, yeah see that's another i wanted to bring up like see, yeah. seeing that part of like the brain that is like totally different like maybe this is like some kind of like dimensional universe where like there are certain levels of are like us right now yeah like in between what we see right now between me and you there's probably so much things going on that yes. we'll never be able to comprehend or never be able to understand because for whatever reason the psychedelic trip of being able to go in that state of mind or even being able to see some of it because yeah one thing that freaks me out is like being just looking into my like animals eyes and seeing the difference of why their eyes are different and mine are different and what they are seeing compared to what I am seeing. Because that is a whole nother level. You can yeah. even talk about like how birds see in a different like UV spectrum and stuff like that. Like what? what yeah, is, where are we? What, what is what, this? What can I even comprehend when I hear <laughs> shit like that? Like, So then, okay, so take all that, what you said just now, and put it in a pile and then think about fame. Who cares? You know what I mean? There's so much to this life. I didn't know I'd be living this long. I didn't know I'd experience all the things that I've experienced. I didn't know I'd have long relationships. I didn't know I'd lose people. I didn't know, you know, I'd move to places. And yet, here I am. And it's all just the everything that I've done brought me to this place. And it feels right 
I don't know. Someone asked me the other day if I had regrets. And I'm like, regrets are for people who do stuff that they don't want to do. What is a regret? I've only ever done everything I want to do. Yeah, that makes no sense. A regret to me doesn't really make so much sense, though, is because, like, if you regretted something... I mean, it's already been done. Something of an action that is already the past. Like right. you can't really, <clears throat> like, if that is something you regretted, it shaped the persona and the person that you are today. Like, yeah, well, you you're re- carrying it. Yeah, like how much regret? I mean, that's a weird word that kind of always weirded me out in a way. Because like, how can you regret something? Like, I I always tell my mom like, do you regret having us when you were super young? Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, because look at what you guys became. Mm. And she's just like, well, do you regret the in between of what happened? And she's like, a little bit. I probably could have been a better mom and stuff like that. And I'm just like, well, you shouldn't because obviously what happened became what we are. And don't aren't you like? She always tells me she's so proud of me and stuff like that. But I'm just she like, yeah. but I'm just like, you should be proud that it happened this way. Like, mm. we, there's no. I, see, it's so weird the the path that people take and the things that come up and stuff. It it just blows me away. Like, what would have been different? Like, what can? And then the whole idea of like multi universe spectrum blows me away in itself too. Because like maybe that path did go a certain way, and it is being experienced at this moment that you know I could reflect on and maybe I do get to see it in like my subconsciousness of a dream or something like that like <laughs> this you're going me way, di- it, way deep it, 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 that's what <clears throat> that's what I feel humans now don't imagine anymore right like we don't daydream Ex- and it's bad for us because yeah. daydreaming is really important of what is or what can anything or right? anything just daydreaming whatever I mean I have a friend who's a medium so she sees and hears spirits all the time. You See, know? And that that's so she's living in a place that I feel like is another dimension. She's got a, her one foot in another dimension, right? Because she's experiencing all of this sight that we can't see because it's in a, another dimension. This is a sixth space right and that see, she sees that's what i hate too is because like all of <clears> this like <throat> negative aspects of somebody seeing a spirit and stuff like that has clouded my judgment of that now oh you have you've been brought negative stuff from there yeah so when i hear something uh, like that i'm like i think they're a quack oh that's so interesting well i wouldn't really um i i don't, I, I don't know i wouldn't really say i wouldn't really bring her up unless i knew She's it's a little scary. Okay. Her situation. She's this Mexican chick that I grew up with, but she lives in Hawaii now with her family. And there's no reason she should have any connection to me whatsoever. But she did get in touch with me after my mom died. And it was out of the blue. And she was like, girl, what's up? Your mom died or what? And I was like, yeah, how did you know? Like we hadn't been in touch. No social medias. No, nothing like that. But you didn't know her prior. Yeah, we had known each other when we were little. Okay. But like a long time had gone by. And she just looked me up, found me. I was like, how the fuck did you find me? She's like, oh, I looked at you up. You know, I fought, your mom came and talked to me. I was like, stop it. So once in a while, I'll be like, oh, doing my show when I do my live show. I'll talk about my mom. And then homegirl will log on to my show and be like, hey, your mom says, stop. like, she's not even there when I do it. She logs on and goes, your mom says, stop bringing her up (laughs) so just because of the timing and also other people she i'm not the only one that she speaks to about stuff and she hates it she absolutely cannot handle 
how noisy it is all the time for her. Interesting. <clears throat> yeah. Because you see, you you do kind of see that in a negative aspect too. When people go to yes. like mental institutes and stuff because they can't stop hearing voices and yes. stuff like that. Yes. So I I. I so it's a fine a, line, you know. Very fine. Yeah. Very, very fine line. Because yeah. I, I I for one don't want to say that it's not believable. I don't want to say it's not a thing. I don't want to say that hey, I can't one day maybe hear spirits or that there are spirits roaming around at this exact moment right now like i would never well, let me ask you this did you one time maybe say that our friend was a little witchy who uh, oh yeah but that that that's the same vein babe that's the same vein but it's it, um something out mm, you don't know how come she always says shit and then people call or she's talking about somebody and somehow she and i can't talk about anybody badly we realized we can't talk about anyone badly together right, when I'm we're gonna, together. I'm going to try to say the name three times and see if she just appears. <laughs> All right? I'm just going to try to do that. Oh, she'll probably text <laughs> one of us. No, maybe she's listening or watching. Yeah, Perhaps she, she's here. Maybe she is. I mean, but that's the thing. I just wanted to bring her up because I think it's the same. I really think it's the same thing. I, I don't think it has to be some big like poltergeist or ghost movie or, you know, something like that. But there is something definitely that we don't know. You talk about all the dimensions and all the outer stuff. We just don't know. Yeah, and that's what's... Uh, so, do you have a feeling like maybe you wish you knew because you want the control to fucking know the shit? Yeah, I want to okay, do so it too. <laughs> I want to be able to do that What do you want to do? Like, that would be cool. Like, okay, thinking... Because I, I, I hate to bring this up because it's kind of sad, but when I was <sighs> young, I lost my brother I'm at a younger age. But that would be cool. Like, I, you know, I lost him when I was like... 15 and he was 13 so oh, we didn't man. get to really grow up together yeah so that that Shit. kind of sucks to not know like the journey of what like I, I tried so hard to be a musician and like i could just imagine being like those rock duos oh, that you hear about all the time like yeah. angus and malcolm or like you know not oasis not oasis <laughs> not oasis <laughs> but all of these things yeah. like that so i'm just like that would be cool or the almonds to right. yeah <laughs> Hey, okay, they had that s southern rock that was just amazing. They killed it. I'm, I'm, I'm a positive almonds people. I love the almonds. They're, I'm friends with Warren Haynes. Are you kidding me? A little racist sometimes. So. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, they, they, the song Jessica. There you go. They mm -hmm. did some good stuff. But being able to yeah. like understand, I guess, to be able to communicate or like whatever those abilities of a medium would be or a shaman or because that blows me away too like if i can't believe that there was there in the present day that there's a median that can actually talk to like spirits or understand feelings better than somebody else then why would i throw away the idea of a shaman back then right because that to me is just as be it's really believable because i freak out when i'm like where do we live yeah, exactly My goodness exactly. dude if you don't believe in magic you're you better move. Well, it's not. It, <laughs> I mean, it's real. It's I say magic. I mean, majestic real the reality of a different dimension, the reality of a of a of a of a of a universe that exists so strongly that if we tap into certain aspects of it, we flourish with it and we grow with it. Like this is 
something unexplainable, right? That's why people get frustrated and that's, there's, I want a proof. I need proof. Like, well, how, why not just carry on well, see in that, this? Yeah. I wish there was more people that did feel that way. Mm-hmm. I feel that there are not as much people that want to be like, oh, why do I live here? Why do I do these things? I should open my mind more instead of it more. I hate to use this term, but sheep, you know, it's more right. of a sheeple kind of, of thing. Like people kind of follow an order now that kind of like, it's been. It since bugs me. We it started. scares me. It's been. There's sometimes where I go to Walmart and I'm just like, great, <laughs> great. Here we go through the fucking sheep cattle maze just to get it all over with. And you know, you have to go in through one direction, come out the other way, and it just feels so like, just like I'm losing my self awareness of being a human and more of an animal. Okay. Well, which we are animals, but you yeah. get what I'm saying. Like yes. I'm, I'm losing more consciousness of wanting to understand why I'm here instead of just like. I'm here just because I have to be. Okay. Well, that's up to us, I think. I think that's a personal uh, choice that we make every day when we leave our uh Just letting you know I'm domiciles. here with my um, psychiatrist, Jess. Just getting well, it all out right now. I think, we all, I think we all experience this. I think we all feel like, what is our purpose? What is the point of all of this? What is everyone doing? Why does everyone seem to be taking the same path? It's so numb and sleepy, but you're not. So if you're not on the same path as the sheeple, you kind of let them just do their thing, right? You don't have to be a part of that, but your path is this thing of like, what happens to me when I go to Walmart? I'll tell you my personal, I fucking love it over there. That shit is crazy to me. I'm tapped all into that shit. I'm like, look at that bitch. Look at that crazy. Woo, look at this family. I'm talking to people. I'm engaging. So I'm keeping my I'm keeping my spirit fully alive wherever I go. Okay. And I think that helps because you keep your your heart open and your and your spirit open and you're and you're watching, especially as a comic. And a musician. Yeah. Everything is inspiration. Everything is a joke, uh, a story, a character, everywhere you look. And that's why when you said earlier, you know, you feel bad for people. They just, they go to their job and they come home and they turn on the tube and, you know, and I mean, I do that a lot too, but I think there's something to be said about making a real choice every time you leave your place to go, you know what? I'm going to be open outside yeah. instead of being on my phone. Every time I have like a moment, I'll daydream or I'll look for people. I'll people watch, you know. Yeah. It's it, or go to the park, you know. Shit, that's it's hard to do that kind of stuff, but it's the most rewarding because then you feel like I'm fucking living. That's why I kind of like the aspect now of streaming right now, like being able to put all everything right now that we're talking about mm-hmm. is broadcasted to. The world. Wonderful. I mean, unfortunately, the world isn't interested, but it's... You never know. But it's available for them. And, and you don't know who's listening ever. Exactly. That's always the, the, the best part about it. Yeah. Like, I love streaming my guitar playing. Yeah. And, and you hear people come up and they're just like, that's awesome. I'm here from France. And I'm just like, Ugh. that's aw- that's cool. Like, do... And the the camaraderie of like knowing music that they know that Mm -hmm. we all know together. That's cool. Amazing. Comedy has brought me to this point now where it's like a new discovery. Like I love like when I first discovered music and stuff, this is how I felt. Like I was just like, yeah, discovering band, discovering music. What piano solos, what guitar piano solos. (laughs) Crazy. Yes. And now 
like again, I'm maybe three years into the comedy scene now, and I, I I've kind of always liked comedy a little bit. Like again, I've I've known about some comics. Like I always thought that young Tim Allen from his stand-up comedy days looked just like my dad. Oh wow! And my dad was always the funny Mexican. He's always making his friends laugh and always doing. He always we have the stupidest nicknames. Like uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of the the name Wapetas. No, it's so stupid that it just means a a handsome brat. Oh, I love that. And that's what my dad used to call me all the time. My little brother was called Flesha Roja, <laughs> which made no sense at all. You know what that means? It means a, a red arrow. Oh. Which meant no sense at all. No. Like, and then he had his nicknames. His friends all had nicknames. They all were laughing and stuff. And But he was the clown of that all. And that's a cool little... I knew I had this like upbringing of comedy and stuff growing up because mm-hmm. he loves uh, the Latin kings of comedy. Oh, he well, knows that's all perfect. about the um, Paul Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah. There's this guy that's coming to Revel too that I just saw was on Latin kings of comedy. That oh yeah. I can't wait to see. He's coming on the 16th. Nice. Yeah. Um, that's gonna be fun too. But hell yeah. Should try to ad- advertise that a little more. But just understanding this, like being able to like. Uh, be funny, uh, be more charismatic, because that's a big thing in comedy too. Like, like being able to present your ideas in a very like, like noticeable and great way. Like, you see it all the time where like if somebody goes up there with the notebook and they're kind of unsure of the joke, so they read it and they say it and it's like not as good. But after they practice it and they do it without the notebook or something, how much more it hits and stuff. So like, just I just. I don't know, feeling like uh, developing into this person that I am now with comedy is a great discovery because you you start understanding like, oh, there's offensive humor, there's uh, clean comedy, there's prop comedy, there's people that are just... There, uh, one of the things that I want to do, but I'm still a little skeptical of, is doing musical comedy. Oh yeah, why are you skeptical? I just uh, a lot of see this is going to be crazy. well. A lot of people talk shit. Yes, exactly. Okay. Well, a lot of people talk shit about my, you know, act outs and uh, why you do characters, Jessica. Why you didn't like fuck you? You know, there's really funny. Ooh, Stephen uh, Lynch. Yeah. You know him? Comedy guitar player. Stephen Lynch. Stephen Lynch. Oh my god, fucking hysterical. I will, uh, yeah, come at me, people. You don't like Stephen Lynch? <laughs> Write to Angel. Take it up with Angel. Let me know what you think. <laughs> no, seriously, he is a fucking badass. And he's he's pro- he doesn't do as much anymore. All right. Yeah. I only know the one. I know the top. Bl- yeah. This one? Yeah. These two? Yeah. I think that's him, yeah. I think that's him. Yeah, it's been a long time. And see, but but it's been done, and I've seen it done. Like, yeah, sure, but you've seen it done good, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what the fuck? And it would really cut you different from everybody else. And look, you know, and I guarantee whoever said the thing about the pink shirt will say the same thing about the guitar. So fuck them. Uh, and you know, there's going to be haters, like Cat Williams said. You got 20 haters right now. Get 40 by the summer, because that's what they do. They hate. They're just and they're, fuck them. That's just, their job. That's what you do, right? That fuck them. You they're de- always going to be there. You'll develop fans as much as you develop haters. Yeah. And haters means you got you gotten you're getting there. Okay. See. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I just yeah, it makes sense. <clears throat> I, I just don't know. Um, one of the one of the comics that's like re- he's not new to the scene, but he's really uh, he's really hot right now and doing a lot of New York stuff is a uh, Mark Norman. 
Sure. Uh, I know he, Mark. He's one of those guys where like I was watch because I follow everything he does, all his podcasts, every podcast that he goes on I watch. But he is one of those that brings it up where he's like, I don't know about a guitar. Guitar's kinda hacky. It's uh it's a gimmick because <clears throat> if you think about it, and it kinda makes me feel so sad too, because I can say a joke and if it doesn't hit, I feel like if I said it with a guitar chord in the background or some kind of other extra to it, it would hit. Because of so that. what? That's so what? Don't you want it to hit? Here's the thing. <laughs> Don't we want laughs? We do. That's... You're not pandering. You're not a doofus on guitar. You're a badass fucking shredder. So can you make part of your your comedy that you're a shredder and that you're here to do comic, but we're fucking shredding as well? I mean, I don't understand. Like, it's like people saying to me, like, you can't do characters. You can't do characters that aren't white. And I'm like, fuck you. I'm not doing caricatures. You understand? I'm not making fun ever. Especially when you uh you have those experiences. Yes, like these said. are my true experiences. And the only people that have ever come for me regarding are white people. So white people need to calm the fuck down. Mm. I had Karen's Karening me before the Karen's were invented. So you think that's a uh, you think that's coming is more I had the women at Comedy Central tell me that. So but is it more extreme <laughs> now than it was back then? I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I feel like society's finally catching up with me. I'll tell you that. Okay. Finally. That's a good one. Yeah. Like, I feel like finally I'm getting, you know, the other night when I did Revel, when I did an extra long set at Revel for David, rest in peace. God damn. Um, yeah. Uh, after that show, I was out in the other side of the, there's it, the way it's set up is there's another side of the room, right? There's the outside of the room and the show had ended and people were coming out of the showroom. So I was on the other side of the, like where the tables are on the other side. Anyway, these people were coming over to me and it was so nice, Angel. I'm going to tell you every type of person came and gave me a compliment. And I, and I've never had that before. Like I've always been told you're this type of comic. You're that type of comic. You only belong in these rooms. You only can do these. Th-. And I don't think so. Yeah. And I think that society is finally catching up to me in terms of like, yeah, we do actually like a woman who is friendly and seems smart and seems like she really enjoys herself. And even though she might talk about stuff that's like, I guess, taboo, it seems fun with her. Like, I've been told I sound like a friend that talks to you about scary subjects. And that's like my favorite feedback ever. I go, yeah, that's exactly right. Because I'm not like shoving anything down anybody's throat on stage. And I'm not doing anything that's like pandering or anything like that. I am just telling my stories, my experiences, doing the best I can to get people to relate. And that's it. Like I keep saying, and that's how comedy works is you continue to develop your voice over years and years and years. And you finally find what works for you the best and with all the bullshit that I've been told over the years and all the quitting that I've done of comedy and come back and oh I guess I I can't not do it you know um I realize the only way to do anything and get any success really or love from people is to be yourself wholly 100% and and unashamed you know like I don't have any shame about any of my story that's why I opened with you. You asked me about the, the why aren't you famous? I have a lot of trauma. Uh, and as trauma, as a trauma, a traumatized child and adult, you don't, you live in survival mode. You don't know that you have opportunities or that people are going to be kind to you. You don't trust. 
I didn't trust anybody. That makes sense. You know? Yeah. And I didn't like anybody. I was like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. <laughs> Who wants to work with a girl that's like, fuck you all the time, you know? Yeah. You're so aggressive. What's mm-hmm. going on here? Yeah. yeah. I was mad. I was mad. I was sad. You know, I was brokenhearted. But you still have like this great outlook. Like you're not Thank again. You. you even though yeah. you feel like those those stuff. You're still not like, oh man, I lost my chance. Oh, I can't no. do it. Like no. you're still striving for what we all are trying to do. I think so. I think I really love. What's interesting for me is like to fight my ego being here, because my ego's like, oh my God, Jessica, or like older than everybody and you're like here and like you're like in like a small town that doesn't even have a comedy club and you like have been playing like clubs you know in new york and la like what are you doing like why are you here you know that's this really nasty little voice in the back of my head that's talking shit and you know the most of my person says shut the fuck up bro we're doing this this is an adventure and you know how much shit I've got? You know how much success I've had since I've been here? Fucking been on the radio. I've been on all kinds of shows. I've gotten paid. I've gone out of town. Like, I'm like, wait a second. I'm thriving. Like, never before. You're doing more. More than I've ever done. And I feel the love and the support that I've never felt before. What usually happens in comedy, as you probably know, is you start in your town that you grew up in. You start in your town. You get as good as you can fucking get. And then you go to New York and you get better. And hopefully you get an agent or some sort of representation. Then you get taken to L.A. because you have something to show them from New York to L.A. That's the trajectory of comedy. Back, it, is it, was that the trajectory kind of always? Yes. Or is it different now? No. It's not different? Uh-uh. You don't think people can kind of like do more of like road gigs and just like... Less now. Less? Mm-hmm. There's less comedy clubs in the nation. There's less money being paid to the people doing the road stuff, like featuring and stuff. I mean, you could talk to Kurt or Neil about that kind of stuff because I'm not on the road much anymore. But... It used to be that you needed like a credit to feature for people. You couldn't just show up. Um, Even just like there were more comedy clubs, though. So if somebody say there was a club here and there was a comic that was coming through here who was from, you know, big in L.A., but they knew um, that I was here because I knew them from L.A. And they said, hey, Jess, would you feature for me when I'm going to be in your town? It'd be great. Right. Yeah. But that's not usually the way it happens. Like, I'm going to go to Tucson in a couple weeks, and I'm going to guest for a friend of mine who's playing over there. But he's not from there. He's coming from L.A. to play there. So then how does how does that technically work when, I don't know if you know how it works, <laughs> if, uh, like, when the Revel shows happen from mm-hmm. people out of, out, of, out of state and stuff like that? Like Well, Jamar does the booking for that. But all, everything is, like, like, even if, like, I feel like right now, too, the comic that's coming from this Latin Kings of Comedy or whatever, he's bringing his own opener. And like, yeah, you can do that. I mean, you. Can, I think it's it's with every club, it's different. Promoter. It, yeah, every person is different. I mean, it depends on how big your draw is. It depends. You know what I mean? There's so many things that go into it business wise because we know you can be funny and still not get work. Yeah. So and how 
like that brought that you brought that up how what is, so here's that, your example in front of you is that but is it is that more of like a favoritism kind of thing yes it, i watched amy schumer again i'm talking shit about her i don't care she's never hired me um i watched her take uh industry people out for drinks constantly constantly i asked people actually uh a few times i asked different comics who were getting God, they seem to be just getting and getting and getting all these things. And I was like, hey, how did you get all these things? They go, oh, I'm friends with the girls at Comedy Central. Oh, I take the girls out. uh, You know, the people at Viacom are, you know, I throw parties for them on Friday. We try to get them laid. We get them fucked up. I'm like, oh, my God. That's a lot of work. (laughs) I don't know. But if you don't have the talent, you're going to do the business. That's how it is on every art. If you're not that talented, your business skills are fucking jumping. But isn't there kind of that thing, too, where you're just you have that aspect, but you're just not liked. So that's why they don't do it. So like the booking or like putting you on shows and stuff like that where you're just like. But how do you get liked? You kiss up to the people in charge. But again, so if you have the skills, but you don't want to do that, you don't get hired. Then you just hi. You you stay. I never kissed any ass. I never sucked any dick. I never was like, oh, but I, you know, I never, I never changed for them. They wanted me to change. I had meetings at the Laugh Factory, the Comedy Store, the Comic Strip. I've had Gotham. I've had meetings with all of these guys. Guys. Yeah, keyword here. But also, women in 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 the higher places have told me that I'm not appropriate for them. They don't. We would never hire you. You talk about stuff that's really dangerous. <laughs> that's crazy to hear. I go, about. life is dangerous, man. And if we're being pussyfooting around it, then what the fuck are we doing? You know, that's true. Life is dangerous. And I know, I know, society's catching up because what's her name has a special out that now that's fan fucking tastic. What's her name? She's wearing overalls, uh, and it's real quiet and calm. Fuck, I should have. Anyway, Beth Stelling, uh, Girl Daddy, that's the name of her special, Girl Daddy, and I think it's on HBO. But Beth Stelling, really stellar comedian, and you don't, you haven't heard of her because exactly what we're talking about yes because of men because well because <laughs> she's not look at the way she's dressed i know that she th- has no titties out she's not in a tight dress which is usually you know i love rachel uh who opens a lot for amy on the road um miss feinstein who i love adore and one of her biggest fans and friends we're friends she when when the whole scene in comedy started to turn to like girls wearing like really tight, like going out to the club outfits yeah. to get on stage, I was like, what? What's going on? What's here? happening? Yeah. Like, I'll wear tight shit or I'll wear a dress or whatever, but I'm not like in a club. I'm not going dancing, you know, after I'm not in heels and like teetering about. I yeah. mean, it just seems weird. Doesn't seem like comedy to me. You know, seems more like a a, a show kind of showish. Well, it's another girl pandering kind of thing. thing. Yeah, like another pandering kind of thing. Of like, oh, I'm just like a, I can barely. I'm just a weak girl. You know, and it's like, come on, man. I don't, have to. That's, that's, I don't know. It's just my. That's why I love this Beth, because you know, um, she says if I could choose a superpower, it would be penis. That's one of her quotes. Penis. Yeah. If I could choose a superpower, it would be penis. That's what I'm talking about. See, she's real because penis is rule. Makes sense. Yeah. 
makes me feel like if the only black, the only <laughs> superpower I want would be to be black. Oh really? Yeah, but only the positive aspects because every time they would just call me a villain. Well, you couldn't. Yeah, America, black American, or maybe Jamaican or African. See, that's what's crazy to think about too. Is like there's so much of a subcategory of every race now that like you get pushed into something where it's just like, oh, you're a. Oh yeah, I don't like that. You're a <laughs> Mexican Latino <laughs> from the Caribbean. That's who you are. You're not the Mexican from the mainland who was. You know, hardworking stuff like like it's so weird how right. there's more of a a genre space of of gen of I, not only it of, seems of uh, race it seems like people are scared and that's why they do it. Like uh, I always like to. Carla and I were talking about this the other night. I always like when uh, a white person uses weird words like Hispanic or African American. I'm like, are you? What are you frightened of? What are the fuck are you frightened of? What is happening right now? First of all, Hispanic is a white person's word. Like, stop using that. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything. It means nothing. It means some. I don't know what they've made up in their head that it means. I don't know. Uh, African-American. How many of my friends who are from Jamaica are like, fuck you. I'm not African. Like, <laughs> I mean, the thing is, is we can't keep judging everybody like this. We have to just be and we have to be cool when people say to, the, to us, oh, no, I'm Mexican, you know, and you go, oh, you mean Hispanic? Like white people. Again, there's like a policing that white people love doing right now that they're like, um, African-American. I'm like, shut the fuck up, you guys. Let people be who the fuck they are. And I don't even care if you're not that. Like, I'm Jewish. People look at me, they go, you know, what's Jewish? I go, so what? That's what I am. Yeah. Just fucking shut the fuck up. Who yeah, cares? What can you say at that point? Yeah, and who cares? I don't give a fuck who you are. If you're not a dick to me, I like you. Yeah. I don't give a fuck what you look like. I'm more scared of a white person walking towards me in a dark alley than a black person walking towards me in a dark Trust. You know how many crimes white people do and get fucking away with it? You know how many crimes black people do and get killed? Zero. <laughs> people, folks are selling a cigarette, fucking taking a jog, having a sleep. Are you fucking kidding me, America? Yeah, yeah those are the criminals. Ah, that's insurrection. No, that was a tour gone bad. Are you fucking out of your mind? We've completely gone crazy in this country. Is I mean, it's always been, but we've... It's because white people know they're losing the majority and they're freaking the fuck out, Angel. You know, there's not going to be white people in like 10 years. We're going to be the ma- the minority, which we've always been the majority because we were like, wow. Yeah, this is the, the <laughs> coming from wherever. Yeah. Yeah. It's supposed to be America. We love everybody. We let everybody in. Melting pot. No. It's, uh, you're from Sweden. Come on by. <laughs> well, well, to a certain point, right? I think it's going to yeah, be. Yeah, you're from Mexico. Get the fuck out of here. It has to be accepted. I mean, how how do we do this? Why do we do it? What's going on? It's very strange. It's all just racism and bullshit. And, and I, again, I think it's a capitalistic idea, too. It's like even if you are probably from Mexico and stuff, depending on how much money you can bring or provide for mm. the American economy. Like right. if you can go through the whole system. Come and of, buy a house. Yeah, sure. Welcome. Go through the whole system. Yeah. You want to <laughs> get your green card and all that stuff. We have a system that you can pay for that and get it over with. A lot of money. Yeah. yeah so yeah. it's weird how that turned into a, a kind of aspect of our way of living now, too, is like I've never been. I used to I, I come from uh, the I have a joke where I come from the small town or whatever. But for a long time, uh, my parents and stuff were kind of like alcoholics and stuff and i didn't want to live with them for a long so i went to go live with my grandpa and mm. he loved he lived up in taos new mexico an even mm. smaller place called pinasco mm. it's a really small rural mountain town like again my graduating class was 50 people shut up so it's super small and 
I learned so much about like being a hardworking man and doing the stuff to like because it's cold up there. My grandpa doesn't have a heater. Mm. You have to get Build firewood fire. and yeah. all that stuff. Mm. Like it's so grueling to know like there's still that kind of life up there. But it becomes more of an appreciation when I when I came back. Yeah. Because when I came to live here, now I'm just like fuck. I got to make sure the floor's always swept. I got to make sure that <laughs> it actually looks because it's just so much more of this disciplinary action that you get from growing up in a hardship like that yeah and it's not a hardship where it's like bad life like my grandpa was amazing like he's a musician too mm. he smokes weed he wow. loves he loves being super nice and everything like that but he knows like we got to get up gotta get up seven o'clock go get two loads of wood yeah. and after that it's got to be chopped and then put in the garage so that if the snow comes it's it's ready to go so right. we can have fire we can have firewood for the winter and stuff like that and learning that kind of shapes you more into like okay i get it now like this is how we yeah. all should kind of be but I, I hate to bring this up, too, is like we turn into kind of like more of a like pussies. Yes. Like, yes. Like, we don't have any hard work anymore. And we've made it like it's everything so handy. Uh, everything's so hard. And uh, and it's like, you guys stop. Like if you do you remember uh, there was a time when like remember blackberries were big. Right. And blackberries went down in New York City for like 48 hours or something. Oh, my God. Like the phone service and mm -hmm, everything. Mm -hmm. You would have thought. You would have thought World War Three was fucking breaking out. Well, look at the COVID thing with the, yeah, the I, toilet paper. Yeah, but I was like, you guys, you don't have your phone. Oh, my God. I don't know. What could you do? Watch a sunset? Talk to your kid? Like, there's a lot going on beyond that fucking phone. It blows me away. So the, the fact that you understand the importance of hard work, that's why so many kids get sent to the country for like training you know like look this is how fucking hard it is in the country come back to the city to your nice warm apartment yeah, and see. your fucking bed and you know to understand how much you how much good you have and i think that's why i also feel like that like i am so grateful for so much all the time because i didn't have anything for so long and now i'm like oh my god like my apartment here Oh, I have a little outside area. Like, I'm like, what? It just feels fantastic. So am I going to lean into that? Yeah. Why lean into the, oh, am I famous enough? I don't have, you know, I look online. Sometimes I look online. Yeah, it's hard. I see people that I have been doing it longer than just flying on by me. You know what I mean? And I just go, they had a different idea. They wanted it more, maybe. They knew how to do it better. The the game, you know? Yeah, they played the game yeah, better. But I don't but there's and and I am still going. I'm still here. I'm still going. I'm not done. I'm going better than ever. Yeah, and that's why I said I love that there's like no so, real regrets about it. No. You're just like, eh, whatever. You yeah. know, I, I, I tried. I see that they're doing okay. I'm not worried about like, oh, that night I should have said this or, you know, you're not no. beating yourself up to a point where you're not happy with where you are at this point. Right. And that's what's most important is I like the moments right. that we live at the moment. Exactly. Like you can. It's all there is. Yeah, You can plan for the future all you want, but it's not yeah. as amazing as the moment itself, especially exactly. with the past. Like it happened already. You can't reflect on the. You, I mean, you can reflect on it, but you can't it's really. It's like rear view mirror shit. Yeah. Exactly. You know, you don't want to, if you're driving, you can't keep your eyes in the rear view too long. Yeah. But you can check it out once in a while, make sure something's not following you yeah. or whatever you can get over in your lane. But I like to use that analogy because it's like the past is what created us. So you know, obviously you're not saying deny it, but 
if there is some stuff that's in there that's still with us, that's okay. You yeah. know what I mean? I think it, it and growing up and, and getting older and then figuring more stuff out and being more open about things that have been kind of hard or, you know, letting yourself take more chances and doing things where you're like, I don't give a fuck what people think. I'm going to fucking try this. I don't care. What does the audience think? As a com, going back to comedy, what to me, all that matters is my audience. I mean, it's a very nice perk to have your comic friends. It's a huge perk and it's wonderful. Peers are amazing. But what's most important is that you're putting out your true shit and you're getting your audience to laugh. That's it. All these other people, everyone's going to have an opinion. Everyone's going to have something to give you, advice to give you. But if it doesn't feel true to you, you don't take it. That's, that's true. Basic as that. Simple as that. You cannot listen to the outside stuff. Unless you really respect. I mean, I'm here giving you advice. Unless you respect someone and you go, you know what? They've been through a lot. I want to hear what they have to say. But there's a difference between like, yeah. that, that's what I love is like, there's a difference between the advice that you're giving compared to the advice that's given by other people. Right. Unsolicited as opposed to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's more of an openness to like, especially like the way you present it. You're not feeding it down my throat where like, this is the way it should be done. You're just mm -hmm. like, hey, honey, if you like this, it might work for you. If not, I'm just letting you know, because this is my experience Right. compared to the opposite where it's like, I made it this far because I did this. You should do it, too. And that's kind of disheartening where you're just like, well, I thought we were like, you know, in this in the same way, but in different levels where, you know, yeah. you could present yourself in this way. Because I love the aspect of it because it's not a band like there's because right. I, I, I love that I played music with a band. But there are some things that I messed up on that I can't can't bring back. Like we should have had more of a uniform look mm. and we should have been more like in sync with the music and like our choreography and stuff like that. But when it comes to comedy, all that gets blown out of the water because it's just you up there yeah. and your reactions and whatever you do. You can look at your fellow comedian and he can give you the <laughs> – but the other audience and the yeah. other people yeah. that are there are what really count. Yeah. And that's another crazy thing that I learned too that blows me away is that like doing open mics for comics repetitively is kind of like – I don't know. It's, it's, it's not – the best for you either no because you're kind of doesn't help you grow you're trying just to make them laugh and yeah, but it comics have the weirdest <laughs> minds in the world and they're the judgiest people ever like uh, uh i thought of that before oh i have that same premise I oh i don't know i would have a better punchline for that <laughs> okay jesus that's why i say don't listen to us about like that when i have an idea for someone or if i say like oh i you know i often will I think I spoke to you one time even. I will, I will often gently approach yeah. and be like, hey, do you mind if I talk to you about a joke that you have? Or do you mind if I give you an idea for like a punch or an edit? Or, you know, I want to come gently. I'm not coming like, dude, you got to fucking put this fucking, to cut that and put that. Like, no, 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 no. Yeah. We're sensitive. This is our, this is... You know, my aunt Vicky Shaw says, I don't understand people tell you not to take your comedy personal. It's all fucking personal. And I go, yeah, I know. I know. So there's a really, there's a weird thing that we have to do where we have to kind of give a little space for ourselves and go, all right, 
this is this is what's working for me. If someone wants to give me some unsolicited advice that makes me feel bad, that they can suck a dick. But if someone wants to come over and be gentle with me and say like, hey, can we chat about your joke or whatever? Then I'm going to be open to it. Like I asked Steph the other night when I saw him, I was like, hey, man, I really have a couple ideas for like um, the thing you were talking about, about soap. You know, he, he has this bit about soap and the shower and stuff like that. And, he, and I go, I don't know if you'd be into it, but I'd really love to like sit with you and we could like, you know, banter, do something. And he goes, fuck, yeah, I would like to do that with you. And I was like, OK, cool. But I didn't just assume that I could load my, you know, <laughs> push my shit on him and be like, hey, man, that thing that you do, do you, you should think, do this. Do you, you think, know? though, but do you kind of think, though, because of the clout you have as well, though, too? Like, I mean, you've been doing it I a little I have been doing a long time. But so. it, you would you would have to like me, though, yeah. to be okay with me doing that. Okay. Because, look, you've seen or known people that have been doing it as long as me come through town or been back or whatever, like, that don't maybe have the nicest approach. And that don't, maybe you don't want to take their advice. Makes sense, yeah. You know? So I, I, I genuinely hope that it's more about my... Um, energy than it is about my clout. I like they used to have clout. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> do anything for clout. I love how people say like you know your credits don't really matter because now that I've like got to know some of the comedians and stuff, it really doesn't. No, but like in a comic sense, like being a comic, trying to get to the levels where you guys are, mm-hmm. that is like, oh shit, you've been on Kill Tony three times? Holy yeah. shit, you've done a Def Jam? Like what? Yeah. Who does that? Who's white? Yeah, I know. You, Very weird. You get blown away by the accomplishments that have been done, but then they're just like pushed under the rug because you don't know about them. Like you almost feel like you should be like kind of like a woman of history. <laughs> Like what? Well, maybe I will. Maybe when I die, you know, Angel, I often think that sometimes people have to pass on and I don't mean to be morbid, but I do feel sometimes people have to pass on for the their work to be found. And you know what's sad about that is like you've mm. seen it. Like you've seen it with famous people, yeah. like all their music, art, art music, yeah, their yeah. comedy as well too. It's like, what? Yeah. They were alive and now yeah. they're the biggest thing ever because right. they're dead? Like Mitch Hedberg is bigger than ever. <laughs> He's He was never this big. I've seen, I've seen so As many dead. I've seen so many uh um Louis Anderson clips come up now because he yeah. passed away. I'm just yeah. like, "Really? I knew this guy was a kid when he had that little cartoon show, the <laughs> Louis show or whatever." Like no. that's how crazy that yeah. that, d- Saget. that happens. Yeah, Bob Saget as well Who, too. A horrible comedian. <laughs> See, and that's another Ugh. one too. I, that, you, you like his music comedy because he brings out a guitar. I liked his. I liked his musical I stuff, so. but I didn't like his com his stand up. I thought it was hor- I've seen him live a bunch too, and I'm like Bob. He, I understood what he was doing, and he was a real a very nice man, and yeah. that's why you know most of the stuff about him was like how nice he was, right? Um, he he, <laughs> because he was America's like dad yeah. for so long when he would come out on stage he'd just be horrifying you know just they that shock ex- humor kind yeah. of thing and that to me i don't i don't find it bright i like i like smart witty comedy yeah yeah that makes sense uh, you could be dirty as hell i don't give a fuck but be funny you know smart about it yeah like yeah. he he could have made all kinds of jokes about those girls and fucking those girls you know which he did but he didn't make it smart so it was i was just, like yeah. eh. Like, look at me. Don't I look like I fuck girls? Like something stupid. <laughs> the Olsen right? twins. Yeah. You know. that it's, It wasn't something that <laughs> he just didn't do it. Just. It just was, I don't know, it just fell flat for me. But you know what? As in with all art, because I should take, I, as with any art, 
it's subjective. So not everything is going to be for everybody. And that's another thing that's very hard to learn that you, not you, but one may be not for the masses or for everyone. Yeah. Like I've met people and, and even at the radio station here, I had a, an incident at the station, not myself, but I, I didn't know they didn't like me. They just didn't like me. And they didn't say why, but they just didn't like me. And that's okay. I'm not for everybody, you know? Yeah. And I could have brought more listeners, more followers. It was a great show that I pitched, the sponsorship. Like, all the stuff was there. But if you don't like me, don't like me. Yeah, you can only do so much. Yeah. And I can't take it personal. I don't like them either. That might, <laughs> you yes, know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't, as the more I delved into the company, I was like, oh, no, this isn't for me. You're right. This isn't. And, and I think that part of the regret, not regretting or knowing that we're where we're supposed to be or living all the moments fully to the fullest. That's part of it is like, there's some, there's a lot of disappointments that are going to come up. A lot of people are going to say no. A lot of people are going to say they don't get it or they don't like it or whatever. But if you enjoy it and people that you perform for enjoy it, you got to keep going, you know? Not like it's it's there's never been crickets when you've been on stage. Yeah, you know I've yeah. seen you this whole time I've been here. And that's the beautiful thing too is like the entertainment aspect. Like that's why I like to do it because yes. I like seeing somebody get all happy and stuff. That's yes. why I started playing guitars. Like because, like well to be truthful, it was for ladies. Girls, I was yeah, gonna say come everybody, on, every, guy. <laughs> every fucking dude that starts playing guitar does it for chicks. Of course, and since I, the beginning of time. But you get so into it that you you get more than just chicks. Yes, and you're just like holy shit. 90% are dudes, but yet they love what I'm doing. Right. And that's, that kind of puts you in this, like, I don't want to say like a pedestal, but it puts you in like, he is doing something that all the other men and all the other people in that group aren't doing. Yes. And that's cool. And that's awesome. Let's, then you have those, those people that are like, maybe I can do that too, because they're inspired or he, I never look like somebody that can do something like that. Cause that always blows me away too. When people tell me like, you never went for wood or you never used to go out with your grandpa. And I'm just like, take off my shirt. And I'm just like, are you sure about that? Because I may look like a twig, but I've done the hardships and I don't have to present myself in the way where I'm just like, Hey, I have all these credits or I have all of this clout and Put me on shows right now. Put me on shows because I feel that right now. Right now, I feel like I, I've, I, I see people get put on shows, and I'm just like, why? Why would you put him and not me? Like that guy started way later than I did, and he's not even funny. Like I feel these like again like this. Uh, that's what sucks. Like I shouldn't feel this way, but I I kind of feel it's like okay. it's like a you know like a game like a like a like a clout kind of thing. Like this person is friendly with this person. Like we were talking about too. Like, Hey, maybe you had to kind of like pander yourself to get into something like that. Not but so much pander inch, but I want to ask you this. Have you put out avails to people? Have you hit people up for shows or do you just assume that people are going to come to you at a certain point and book you on their show? See that? Yeah. Because those are two, those are things as comics and I don't want to make you feel bad because that's exactly what every comic feels. Yeah. Every fucking comic I've ever met ever. And the comics that really get the more shows are the ones that, ask for that yeah because you know nine out of ten times it's the asshole that's asking seven thousand fucking times it's gonna get on the show and you're like why the fuck is that guy on the show because he asked seven thousand times doesn't even have to be good the the people who book just want him to fucking shut up do you know okay <laughs> so 
so many things get booked like that. I can't even tell you. I mean, I don't know about here locally, yeah. but from where I'm from, I mean, that's what happens. It's a lot. all that happened in LA and New York. And that's why I wouldn't get a lot of opportunities. Cause I wasn't like slamming the fucking door down, blam, blam, blam. And every day at their place and like, oh, hi, how are you? Hi. You know, I, I, I just couldn't. I was exhausted. I'm and like, I like it, writing. I'm writing material. Yeah, and it feels like you kind of like have to like parade yourself. Like you're kind of like, oh, hey, hey, buddy, I'm here, right yeah, here. Look yeah. at me. Look at me. Like, yes. uh, like especially when you do like the the initial grind where you see and you you do. You like, got to ask who books this place. You go up to the booker. Hey, what's up? My name's so and so. I'm I'm a comic. I'd love to play here. But you're not pandering. Here's the difference between pandering, sucking dicks. And really just networking yourself. Networking yourself is just you going out as you. You're a cool guy. You make your rounds. You go say what's up to people. Hey, what's up, man? You know, I've been doing comedy for a bit. I see you're booking a show. Love to do it sometime. I'll hit you up if I don't hear from you. Yeah, It doesn't have to be anything weird. But we often, or at least I know I do, I'm already put trying a to lot make it, of yeah. weirdness on top of it. Like, oh, but they think, and oh my God. I mean, especially for me, my ego, again, my ego comes up and goes, how could you possibly go and ask for a spot? Because I'm a fucking human being, and these people don't know me, and there's all these other people hitting them up for spots, and maybe they don't think I'm interested. Maybe they don't think you're interested. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? We, we can't read everybody else's minds, so what we have to do is put the best foot forward and know that our, we're our truest selves and do our, the best job that we can. Yeah. You know the four agreements, yeah? Exactly. Yeah. But, ah, oh, man, see, that's why I wish I was like a clairvoyant or something. I just know what's going on. You, nobody knows. Nobody <laughs> knows. And even my, my medium friends, she's like, I won't, people hit her up for like game scores and Super, Super Bowl outcomes and shit like that. And she's like, fuck you. Hell no. No. She's like, I don't use this. I, you can't use me. I, this is a gift that comes and I and I'm here for the spirit that comes to me. I'm not going to fucking <laughs> find out a score. And, and I'm pretty sure for her, too, it's still an experience. Yeah. Like probably learning more every day, understanding it more. Oh, my God. It's yeah. not just like, oh, hey, I've known all this since birth. No. And this is a, this is what I do. Like, it just started probably the past 15 years, too, yeah. of her understanding what had been happening her whole life. Yeah, see, that's... And then I think an auntie or something, like she reached out to an auntie that she knew had been kind of had... People always talked about the auntie being like a witch or whatever, and she was like, auntie, what is happening? And then so she got somebody to actually help her calm down, you know, and, and accept what was happening. I could yeah. I could totally see that too. But I think that's just how we... If that, if that analogy can go across the board for us, we could use that as comics, right? Just... Relax, just calm into like, what do you want? Right? Do one scary thing every day. That's what I say. One scary thing an email, a show, a mic you never been to, fucking hit somebody up for something. One, one thing, you know? Try it. Try one thing a week first if you're scared of one thing a day. You know what I mean? Fuck it. Who cares? But at least you know you're you're progressing yeah. towards something you want. And then you can't look back and say, oh, I fucking should have hit those people up for those spots. Yeah. Right? Or the the aspect of just doing it. Yeah. It's like, it's practice. Yeah, exactly. It's practice because it's going to get bigger, you know? Yeah. And you got to keep being used to it. It's that uh, the rule of... Uh, the Japanese, right? Like the thousand, ten thousand hours. You have to do it. Like you have, <laughs> you have to put to, in yeah. the time. Like if yeah. it's not there, then it's not going to be accomplished. Or never. 
I've personally never met anybody that was instantly a great at what they do automatically. You can't be, I don't think. There's I mean, very, unless you're very little. People. Yeah, very yeah. little. Like but Mozart or something. Even then, like he like, had a lot of yeah development over training. time. Yeah. yeah, so crazy to think about. So even yeah, the world is this weird amazing place jess i'm just it so is. weirded out by it but yet i still it love is. living here that's a, that's the whole human condition i think it's like what are we doing but what else is there to do i mean i've lost so many friends and and people throughout the years uh, um that i think i guess i'm supposed to be here for a reason you know why didn't I go when all these people went? Why didn't I go as a kid when these kids went? Or why didn't I get caught up in that? You know, I don't know. I don't know. But I'm here. And, I, and I'm just going to make the most of it, you know? Just, like, have a good time. Who cares? Fuck it. Yeah, what, what again, what can Life you do? Life is hard. Yeah. We might as well have a good time. And, and most of that great time is knowing that you're enough to... Chase the dreams that you want and that you know that we're going to have to begin and, you know, there's going to be some shit and there's never an ending until you die. There's just never an ending. It's not like we're ever going to be like, well, I guess I'll put up the guitar. You're not going to put away your guitar. You see your grandpa. Yeah, it's going to be something. It's forever for your life. Same with comedy. See these motherfuckers out there till they die. Yeah, and, and still on stage. Yeah, especially when you see people that like aren't famous but have been doing it their whole lives. Yeah, it's like, damn, that's crazy. I can't stop. I've been doing this mo- more than half of my life. Yeah, and yeah, there's. I can't stop. You don't. Well, that's the thing too. Is like, I love that you don't see anything else. You're just like, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. You're not like, oh, maybe in five years I already have like my house and kids and stuff. Like, it's oh, not no. like because you know, like, I've always been like very scared of thinking of the future because it never comes out exactly how you exactly want it we have no control over anything and i had a boyfriend who actually passed away when we were together and he used to say all the time god make plans and watch god make fun of you or something like that it's like make plans and god fucks them up or something like that where he's like you don't know what's gonna ever happen and I couldn't believe that that was his favorite quote. And he fucking passed away. I was and like, oh, my like, God, right. dude. Yeah. Fucking right. And it was, I mean, I don't think it was as heavy as it could have been because of how much he felt like that. So his death was like, I mean, I was very sad, but That's it was, so, yeah. you know. And I wonder, and I don't I don't want to harp on, on your stuff, but I wonder if you've ever had any kind of feeling like that you have... Um, like help from your brother or like that there's been times that you felt like maybe giving up on something and you felt like there was something there that kind of pushed you that you don't really know what it was, but maybe, you know, again, with the spiritual stuff, I know you're not so into that part, but I just wonder because you have, you have such an open, broad artistic energy and to have come from where you come from, to just be able to be on your own all this time and be able to build, keep building. I just wonder if at any time ever there's been like a point where you thought, I feel like I'm not really by myself doing this, that I may be getting like some sort of help 
I wish I felt that spiritually. way. Spiritually, yeah. I wish I felt yeah. that way. Okay, so you really feel, feel you have it all on your back. Like, it's all your yeah, deal. Yeah, you should feel my shoulders. They're horrible. Tense, very so tense. much not. It's yeah. the worst. But hmm. I get it, though. <laughs> yeah. Because I feel like even with the with my guitar and stuff, I feel like yeah. I've gotten so much better. Because like, I started playing guitar when he was alive and stuff, but I never really took it as serious. And I guess you can say, you know, that little stepping stone of like understanding like hey i'm alone you're a solo artist now i need to just do this by myself or i'm gonna end up you know finding out something by myself or something but just i just feel like all my progression and just do getting it done is probably because maybe he's just like yeah do it yourself like you know i can't really be because i just remember like picking up a magazine and reading the the notes and trying to understand and do it's all self-taught like Mm -hmm. i never really had a teacher to be like hey this is how you hold the guitar that's how it does but my parents were always like well here's i'll buy you whatever you need to learn or whatever so just be like there's a guitar world magazine they sell for like seven dollars it comes out every month can you buy me that every month and i'll try to learn from there and it kind of grew out of a process of like doing that sitting there being like in isolation like no sound no nothing probably thinking about my brother probably being like man i wonder what we would be doing if i wasn't just sitting here by myself and you know so those little things come up to in into play where it's just like little motivational boosters or just those Mm -hmm. moments of solidarity where i was just like eh, oh well just might as well get better or just understanding I, I thought and I always was thinking so much when I was playing guitar, like so many thoughts and stuff going through my head. And it's crazy that now that I'm older, that I want to talk more that I'm just like, hey, I want to talk about everything that's going on in my brain right now, because it just feels like I wasn't able to do that growing up because mm-hmm. I was like my parents. God rest. They, they love me to death and they're they're the nicest and awesomest parents I could have. But they had their problems, too. Like, of course, they, they had me when they were super young. They always fought. They had drug addictions. They they did their best. I mean, there was some times where I remember like we got Christmas the day of Christmas. So we didn't yeah. even know what presents we were going to get. Like we didn't have a tree, nothing. But my dad had to do a side job, try to get money. And we ended up going to the family dollar and buying us all toys. I mean, you know, those moments felt so shitty growing up because I was just like, what? Well, look at these guys. These guys get all this shit and I'm over here. This is my life. This is no fair. But older now that I'm there, I'm just like, damn, they tried so hard. Like I could have got nothing. Right. I could have been like nothing at all. Like I could have had a horrible, even horrible childhood than what I had. Like not saying it was the best but it wasn't the worst either no. and that's what makes it so beautiful is understanding that yeah it's like i'm grateful for what the childhood that i had because it could have been the i couldn't even have known my parents there's people that i've known that are yeah. just like i don't know my parents like i this is my foster family like i've known them my whole life i'm just like damn that's hard and it, and then growing up you see this like proper nuclear family <laughs> right, right where you're just like hey can i go to your house can i go hang out with you and they don't even want to hang out with their at their place because mm-hmm. it's so structured yeah they want to go to the your de- house <laughs> yeah because it's <laughs> yeah. so disoriented yeah. and broken they're just like we can do whatever we want yeah, over no there. rules at your house let's go have fun over there and i'm just like it's not as great you have cool stuff and mm. we got to be at least in your room and hang out and do some cool stuff but and the other side, we're like, like back at my place, like, hey, if we're lucky, we got to look at a porno or something. Right. Like. Anything so goes. It was crazy to think of that dynamic, too, where I 
I as well introduced kids to a world that they probably would have never known because all of their friends were these uptight guys that all live in the suburbs. <laughs> and then there's one dude that's like, hey, he's from the ghetto. Let's go hang out with the guy from the ghetto. And they learned more from that. You have to. You have to hang out with everybody from all over. I mean, I talk about it all the time about being from L.A. and growing up how I grew up. How It was fantastic. Like the, I had friends. I, we didn't even talk about race or or anything like that, but it was very, uh, you know, like my Chinese girlfriend across the street. I always ask, like, how come your mom always has a rice cooker, you know? And she's like, oh, it's because it's traditional. We just eat rice the, every dinner, you know, almost every meal. I was like, oh, cool. And then and then that was that. You know what I mean? And like my Mexican friends, like, why does your mom always have a candle burning? Oh, it's for the people that have passed and, you know, respect for the. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. But like, I never would just assume like, oh my God. That's weird. Satanic. You know, or whatever the fuck people, you just ask questions. Yeah. And everybody looked different and everything was really different, but you just asked questions and nobody was like weirded out that you asked because it's better to have a conversation than to cancel people. And and that's what I feel is the... That's lost right now. Yeah, that's the problem with our us as well. We just don't know. like Right, we don't know each other. We don't know anybody. Like understanding like the upbringing of somebody and their history and stuff like... Uh, like the rice thing like you you you'd never know that until you actually like delve into the history of like asian culture and you're just like oh that's their major agri- agricultural g- crop is rice compared to us we just do corn that's that's totally different and then you end up finding out like oh that's why their diet and why they're so skinny is because of the rice is because how many actual no cancer yeah there's cal <laughs> there's a certain amount of calories that they get with a small amount of grain compared to a kernel or a wheat in america and also kernel is sugar yeah you learn so much from mm-hmm. these and you're just like it oh my god i get it now but growing up you were just like oh you're from a different like especially me like i did not get more like open-minded and know about the world more until I actually kind of like experience these different like but that's how it is that's all we can do is experience because you don't I didn't we under, don't know I don't understand I'd never been to Santa Fe and my friend brought me to Santa she drove me to Santa and since I moved here you know how many people have said to me you sure you don't want to live in Santa Fe and I'm like why what the fuck is Santa Fe and they take me over there I was like ugh, why would I want to live here it's all white people with cowboy hats and like weird like Rolex but I mean I'm not dissing Santa Fe <laughs> it's the oldest one of the oldest places in the nation but for me, as like a white lady, and I looked around and I saw all these like, no, I like Albuquerque. And then people kind of fuck with me. They're like, oh, you like Albuquerque because you're from fucking Hollywood. And I'm like, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I feel more comfortable in Albuquerque than I did in Santa Fe. Yeah. And I don't know why. It has nothing to do with. It's just an energy. And, yeah, and that's that, all. That's shitty about that, too. It's like you understand the history of that stuff and you're just like, wow, it's so gentrified. Now. Yes. It's not what it. No. It's not what it used no, to be. Like no. it was more of like an old settlement kind of thing yeah. where like you was barter and trade fields of crops. Yeah. Like that's why I love that. I that because if you go a little more north of Santa Fe, that's where my grandpa's from is Piasco. And that's still I mean, it's 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 kind of making me so sad because it's starting to turn into more of like a gentrified kind of like, hey, industrial thing where they like threw in a family dollar now. And there's oh, like yeah, an they actual, paved a road or yeah, two. And there's a there's a commercial <laughs> gas station now. It used to be like the mom and pop gas oh, stations. Right, right. Now, and there's this one now. It's the Conoco. And you're just like, well, there goes the other gas stations, because how are you going to compete? You have to try really hard. Like. The great thing about the other ones is like, you know, that's a mechanic service on the side, too. So oh, wow. if your car breaks down, you you can't go to the Conoco because no. all it is is gas, yeah. you know. So you still have these other options to deal with and stuff. 
but that's being mm. lost in itself too like mm-hmm. it's just like i would i would love to live in santa fe if it was more of an original santa fe with like more native americans and more right. of like <laughs> yeah. actual like of its upbringing not yeah. now where it's just like hey now it's a bunch of white people trying to preserve something they don't understand right that's how i feel it is it was a rolex store in adobe I was like, okay, no. They took down a no. they took down a statue of a conquistador. <laughs> no. Yeah, there was a big controversy about that a couple of years ago before, because again, uh, I mean, is it a cancel culture thing? Yeah, it is. What did he do? He was uh he did kind of genocide a lot of the Native Americans coming from uh, Mexico to northern uh, the northern land and stuff like uh-huh. that. But uh, he discovered Santa Fe. He discovered Albuquerque. All those are named after those conquistadors. Was he the Duke? No, he was. Um, <laughs> who was the Duke? Uh, who was? What was his name? Uh, Why they call this place Duke City, right? Uh, yeah, because one of them. But they, I think they all had like that kind of title. Like, oh yeah. So once a once a, a cabeza de vaca, one of them. He was a duke. And then another guy comes where he's like uh, Cortez. He's a duke as well. Uh. So they have different. The the men in charge of their of the cavalry or of the conquistadors oh. were the duke. The duke was the one in charge. And again, I'm probably fucking butchering the history <laughs> at all. I'm not a history major at all. <laughs> but they all wear the same hat. So that's mm. where the duke hat comes from. Is right. the conquistador hat right? Um, but uh, in which is not a thing anymore. Well, we don't have the Dukes anymore. Right. The Dukes isn't no, even a thing. We don't Duke. It's not a Duke. We don't <laughs> so Duke we anymore. Don't do, we only Duke it out. We don't. We, yeah, we only Duke it out. But there's <laughs> no Dukes and Duchesses. No, thank God, though, really. I mean, I don't know what the difference is between, you know, Senators and Dukes. <laughs> you know what I mean? They is, can do whatever they want, too. Right. Is there a difference? Yeah, I don't know. So many political powers now. Yeah, like, I is mean, my governor more stronger than my mayor? And why? Yeah, and who, who, uh, who could I write to about this bullshit? It's hard. <laughs> yeah makes me want to be a governor, but then I feel like I would just be corrupted by the system. I think you have to be a little corrupt to get into politics, no matter who you are. And in general? In this, well, in this, especially in this country. I mean, I think, yeah. I mean, I loved, I loved Obama and I loved Clinton. You know, those guys were pretty cool, right? But cool. They, I love I mean, that you cool. used cool. They were cool guys. They're cool. But, but that's just like I could make fun of uh, Republicans saying that they loved Bush and uh Trump because it's those hon- are cool guys. Yeah, like I think they would think the same thing in a funny way, but just totally different side, right? Yeah. And they're like, those guys are cool. Yeah. Those guys are fucking cool. I'd like to have a beer with those guys, you know. And and I feel like Clinton and Obama, I'm like, oh, those guys are cool. We could talk about some deep shit. Yeah, we could play some jazz. Yeah, we could tell jokes and shit. Nobody would be offended. It's like you know they're kind of cool. Um, but I, but of course they're not a hundred percent. I mean, I loved that the Obamas tried to get us healthy and you know. And Clinton wanted to have, you know, his lady tried to get his health care and stuff like that. But it's, you know, you have to go through so many things. Like we we're when the the folks on Keith and the girl last night were asking me about police, my police interaction. And I said, look, I said, the way I look, I've gotten out of a lot of shit. But I will tell you this. Whenever I was traveling with people who didn't look like me, my friends who didn't look like me, and I was the only one who looked like this, the cops would separate me from them. And they would ask me every time. Question. Are you OK? Yeah. Are you OK? Miss, are you OK? Are you sure you're okay? Am I okay? I said, fuck you. That's my boyfriend. And then I would get treated. As them. As them. Like that whole that group whole that you thing. were there. Yeah. Violent, you know, on the ground, pushed against cars, down, thrown down. And now it's even crazier because it's 
if you just don't agree with the authoritarian policy. Yeah, they'll they'll they fuck really you up. start just like, oh, you're under arrest. Yeah. Why why am I under arrest? Right. That's it. You're that's done. That's what I said to them. I go, I, I would ask for badge numbers and stuff like that. Like, I'd be like, okay, you guys are, you're hurting my friend. You're hurting my friend. We didn't do anything. Let me see your badge number. Oh, badge number, pow. And then they just, you know, <laughs> I was now down on the ground, you know, so horrifying. Yeah, that's hor- That's so horrifying. Yeah, it's- but, you know, then you get, but, but by being raised like that, I understood, I understand how bad it's been for, how, before Rodney King. Yeah. You know, like when I was a little Young, 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 beaten up, not cops, horrifying. So I always knew, I always knew that it was, they were not okay. They need to get revamped. They have to revamp the whole system. And that's pretty much what all of our stuff is like here. It's unfortunate. Yeah. Kind of revamp the whole fucking system. I mean, it's pedophiles and, uh, and, uh, and broke millionaires run our country. <laughs> it's fucked up. And they uh, kick it down to like people like YouTube influencers and stuff like that to kind of make it seem like, oh, everybody gets an opportunity. Well, think about, did you, do you like Andrew Schultz? Yeah. So he talked, he had a, there was a video circulating this week about him talking about China and TikTok and the algorithm in China and the algorithm in China rewards the kids in China on TikTok for doing um, innovative um, no, so what? So what it does now is like you know you know how TikTok works, right? Yeah. You just scroll through it and you see d- different videos. Most of the videos now that they will see is mostly educational, right? That's in China, what, yeah, in China. So that's what I was gonna say. So, but they reward the algorithm rewards <coughs> the educational videos, and that's why they're coming up more. Okay, they don't sense. want to see dumbass dances, yeah. But we get rewarded for the dumb dances, yeah, because they want to keep us dumb. They'd like to keep dumbing us down and keep us numb. They don't want to teach us about what's going on. Well, they want to help us educate us. And that's what's kind of hard to think about, too, is like once you start trying to change that format of system, then you're not letting them be free or you're not letting them be the person they want to be. Like, oh, what do you mean I can't see the videos I can't see? Like, you should technically see whatever you want to see, but we're going to promote more educational stuff. Wait, what? You guys are going to promote it? I don't like how that's going. Like, right. that already brings up questions of, like, why... Control. Ex- yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's that's weird. That's weird in itself. But, into a sense, is control a bad thing? Well, I'd rather have... I would rather have the programming, the media, we'll say, around us that influences us being a little bit more positive yes positive and educational yeah up up but guess what that doesn't promote consumerism positivity doesn't make you want to go buy a car feeling good about yourself doesn't make you want to go get mcdonald's you know what i'm talking about boo yeah. it's it's the way that this system works is perfectly set up for them to keep us feeling badly about ourselves and keep us buying shit that we don't need and that that sucks. It's uh, it's unfortunate. But That's, if we can be out here and we can be talking about it and we can be making jokes or making music or both together uh, and influencing people little here, a little there, more over there, more over here. It's fantastic. I mean, the kind of feedback that I get on my show is I've never I've never felt so good about what I do just from getting people to tell me that I made them feel better. I had a guy once tell me he broke up with a girl because of a story that I told on my show about my, about me 
being scared to say no to somebody and then saying no to them and then having it be really good for me wow. and the outcome. And I mean, it was funny. It wasn't like a psychological yeah. situation, but, but it is, but if you can, I just say, it, go back to the part of if you can do what you love to do and you feel like people are loving you back and you're getting the good stuff and you feel like you're passionate and you have a point, you know, that you love making and helping people just feel better. That's what we do, right? Just helping people feel better. Yeah, that's what I like to, like, I love the comic aspect. I love making people laugh and stuff, but the entertainment thing is what really gives me the high. Is like that's why I play guitar or like I'm a really good magician as well too. Oh wow! Like great sleight of hands and stuff like that, so I can always like another thing that you could do with comedy. See, and that's weird because I've seen people do it and they may get made fun of. Yeah, because yes. people can't do it. That, you that, know that, right? It, I, I got made fun of for doing characters all the time because people can't do it, or they do and it's just not as good. Not funny. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, well, yeah. That's or why. They, it sounds bad. Like, oh, you should be. That's worrisome. That impression. Uh, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, and I'm not to big up my own self, but kind of to big up my own self and to big you up too, and to let you know, like, the folks can't do shit. They're gonna hate. Yeah. It's an individual thing, right? Yeah. It's like, hey, if, if I can If you love it, it and you're doing it and you're killing it and people fucking love it in the audience, who cares? People used to say, oh, oh, uh, it to, uh, doing all this sex material, that's totally pandering. Like, easy laugh, easy laugh. Really? Go. Go get some easy laughs. I'd yeah. love to see that. Where, what is that? As a comedian, easy laughs? Fuck you. There's no such thing. Right? What are we talking? A banana peel slip? Like, what are we talking? Well, yeah, what is an easy laugh? Right. I've never, I've never, if that was a definition, I don't know what it is. Right. Like, I don't know. There's what, no such thing. That's what, a hater comment. That's a hater comment. Say, so look at you, ma'am. Oh, the guitar? Easy laugh. Really? Come, give it a try. I offer you up my axe to fucking try it. Would it be the same though? Okay, so like you, they're like, oh, anybody can do the the uh, make somebody laugh, you know, the easy joke or whatever. Uh, what if they do your joke and they get the reaction? What do you mean? So like you know, there's like you come up here and try this then, and they go up there and just do exact same thing you did, but they get the laugh. Does that still count? But they wouldn't. That's not what the assignment is. It's not like the assignment that. is. You come up. You do easy your laugh. easy, what you think is an easy laugh. You do your bit that you think is going to get you your easy laugh. Okay. Or you think if you go out and you curse, oh, cursing, that's an easy laugh. That's cheap. That's an easy laugh. Sex, that's cheap. That's an easy laugh. Really? Yeah. I've never thought that in my life. That that could be easy. Yeah, get so up on stage. I'm still thinking of what would be an easy laugh. <laughs> exactly. Like, what's There's one no thing? such thing. That's a hater comment. Yeah, that makes sense too. Just what? like you shouldn't do this. That's a hater comment. You shouldn't do blank. You shouldn't do magic with comedy. Why not? Penn and Teller are fucking brilliant. Brilliant. Stephen, who hot that I you pulled up? Brilliant. There's people that fucking do it and have done it. It's a, it's a personal choice. That's too, that's and sheeple, you don't want to be the sheeple. And you know you can't listen to everybody. You listen to everybody, you just stop. That's what happened to me. I listened to way too many people and I just stopped. Just got too overwhelmed. I was like, I guess I'm doing it all wrong. Because I'm listening to everybody else and not my own heart. 
That makes sense. That's the difference now. So I had to listen to my heart. I'm like, you, nobody can beat my heart. My heart knows what's up. And yeah, nobody knows what you know. Right. They can. They have so much experiences and stuff like that. That's good, but that's your experience. Exactly. Keep in your lane. Yeah. Talk about your experiences. That's why I love the, the fact that you say you want to talk more now about stuff. You want to talk all about your stuff that happened when you were younger, your child, whatever, your family. That's fantastic. That is gold for comedy. Gold. And if you feel like right now, you know, at this moment that maybe some of the stuff is heavy for you to talk about because it's heavy. Maybe you take your guitar out once in a while and you're like, I'm going to try some shit about my family, but I needed this here to lighten it up for you guys because yeah, it's heavy. That makes sense. I mean, you know, it, it, you, we can tr- we can be flexible, right? Nobody has to be just one thing all the fucking time. You don't. You don't. And you see that, especially when they become actors and stuff like that, too. Yeah. They're just like, oh, look at this role he played. Or a writer. They wrote a a screenplay or they wrote a, you know. That's even crazier to think of, too. Like, all those names behind the scenes of, like, the roast shows of, like, Comedy Central Presents. There's so many of those writers behind them. I'm just like, you'll never know these people unless you do the research and try to find them. But then you're just like, oh, look, it's this comedian who I saw at this fucking show all the way on this side of the world like what that's, yeah that's crazy that it's so the connectivity of it too as well is like it's a huge entertainment circle but yet but it's a small world exact like world of comedy everybody yeah. comes into it like you you might cross paths with the most famous person ever you can think of in comedy oh yeah there was um you know jim florentine was on the show last night i mean not during the segment that i was on but the segment that I was on, Lori Kilmartin was in my segment. And yeah, she and I know one another from way back. And I was like, oh, my God, Lori. She's like, Jess, oh, my God. Like, we were so excited to see one another, you know. But her her life, I mean, when I was watching her, she was one of my heroes, you know, of course, because she's fucking brilliant. And I would watch her and I'd think, my God, she doesn't give a fuck. She just doesn't give a fuck. She's telling her story, Every, you know. Yeah. And I know I've known her now 15 years because her son is 15. <laughs> I was like, your son is 15. I was like, fucking shut up. And she's like, yeah. But it was just wonderful to, like, I look at Lori and I look up to her. And then there was a girl who was younger than us or younger than me because I'm younger than Lori. So she was younger than me on the same panel. And she was all excited because she knew Lori, you know, that she didn't know me. But Uh then after the panel, she knew me and she was like, oh, my God. And now we're friends, you know. But, yeah, there's comics everywhere and that's that networking too right yeah it's insane but just being nice you know just being yourself like i used to think it was a bunch of bullshit like i don't want to go and fucking slap hands and fucking kiss asses and i'm not like that and a couple people were like jessica just be yourself like you're you're like a cool chick you're a cool dude just be yourself hey what's up i see you run a show i'd love to get booked on it sometime keep me in mind i'll hit you up it's not really that big of a deal, but I think, well, I know that when you have an upbringing that's very tumultuous and you're not allowed to ask for what you want, it's very hard as a grown up to f- ask for what you want. That makes sense. I even have that problem at work where I'm just like, what the yeah, fuck? I need my fair. raise. Give me a fucking raise. Oh, maybe they'll give it to me tomorrow. Right. I'm not gonna I'll say just anything. be thinking about it and resenting them yeah. in my stomach. <laughs> maybe if I think about it hard enough, they'll it'll just, yeah. the mental p- capacity of that will just. I'll work hard enough. Get I'll, in there. I'll show them I'm worth it. And it's like to where the other sense, take yeah, advantage. Where the, the other person is just probably like, oh, 
Yeah, I don't think I'm getting paid enough. Can I get a raise? Yeah. And it's done. Yeah. And just like, what? Yeah. So I, yeah. It's, it's all that stuff. It's all that stuff. I mean, I wasn't, you know, I've done acting jobs that were big where I'd never would tell anybody about it. And then people would see me like in a movie and they'd be like, Jessica, why don't you tell us you did a fucking movie with, you know, David Mamet or whatever, fucking Helen Mirren. You know, and I'm like, I don't know. I was, you know, and they're like, and that's, those are the pieces that like the self-worth pieces where you just go, I don't know. I mean, it was cool, I guess. You know, what am I supposed to do? Go brag to everybody about it. But it's like, it's not bragging when you're just telling people the work that you've done. But I didn't understand that. Just like I didn't understand you could just go up to people and be like, hey, I'd love to do your show. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, can I suck your cock so I could do your show? <laughs> you yeah, see, I mean? I, it doesn't have to be like that. That's my problem right now is I feel like I'm still in that transitional stages of like. Well, I just, you're still early on. And I still got to understand that it's just asking. It's not like I'm fucking. It's living. nothing personal. Yeah, exactly. It's not. It's it's it, 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 And if it is, then that's his problem or right. their problem. Exactly. Like it can't be like, oh, oh, great. Nobody likes me in this scene. And that's not true. Yeah, and exactly. you know that. Yeah. So it's like we and I have to know that, too. Like I've hit people up before and they've been telling me, oh, yeah, well, I, I had someone tell me I curate my my shows. So not yet. And I was like, curate. <laughs> but, you know, whatever people want to say, yeah. I can't just. Just people are going to do what they're going to do. Yeah. And, the, and and sometimes the most unexpected shit, like I like the Guild show, so unexpected for me. But I loved it. I had a great time. Yeah. And now I get to do it every month for the next few months. I'm really excited. And it's a... And it's a paid show. And a good turnout. And a great turnout. And they film and, you know, I wouldn't have thought that would have happened with me because I'm not, you know, close with uh, Alex, you know? And... That's okay too. Yeah. He saw a talent. He wanted it in his room. I respect that. And that doesn't have to be anything more or less than that. Exactly. You know, it doesn't have to be a big thing. And and a lot of times the business is just business. Exactly. Yeah. You know? And so you just don't take trying to take it personal. And you gotta kinda separate the two. Yeah. Like you gotta know that there's a business aspect and an art aspect. Yeah. And there's two different you have to know the two. Right. Like with the radio stuff, I couldn't be resentful of those people. I couldn't hate I'm not hating on them or talking smack. You know? It just didn't work out. Yeah, and you can't you don't bring it up, you're just not like ah. I've been cancelled, blah blah. Yeah, no, know? no, no. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're no, not. I go, you know what we say as comics, if you um, if you're upset that somebody's doing really well, write more, better, write better, yeah. write more, do more, put yourself out more. You know, how's your website look? Are you on TikTok? Like, you know, there's all these little things that people are always asking of us to do as comedians or actors or musicians or whatever artists to put us because we're working for ourselves. Yeah. And we're our brand that we're pushing. So it's hard. And yeah, especially the amount of work mm-hmm. that some people put compared to other people. And you're just like, how does it work for this person when I'm doing so much more? And it gets a little disheartening. But then you, you have to realize that it's, you know, it's a game like a, a like a climbing ladder game where like there's sometimes where, you know, some steps are bigger than others. Other steps are very, very narrow and you have to be very careful going to them. But in the long Sometimes run. Sometimes the ladder's going to go down yeah, exactly. a few rings. You, you won't even be able to make it up a certain amount of levels. Like mm-hmm. maybe the ladder for you is where it's at. Like, you know, you can't. We all accept. I mean, we have to kind of accept it. I, I, look, I I know Mark 
you know, I saw him come up. He was fantastic, hard worker, Norman, you know, and, um, and he knew where to put himself. There are people that know who to align themselves with and where they should be every night. And it's just a, it's just, it's a work ethic that I didn't understand. And I didn't even hang out with comics in LA. Uh, I don't really, I didn't like them, you know? And I was like, Jess, you need to, you need to learn to like your peers because this is what you do. And these people are going to be, maybe some of them are going to be doing some stuff and they could think of you or, you know, and I thought, uh, I only want to like who I like genuinely, you know, and LA was fine. I found a few friends, but for the most part, the people that were doing all the stuff, I just didn't like them. I didn't like how fake it felt when we had interactions and you know, and I watched people be fake and and really, uh, you know, and still not get anywhere. And I thought I'm not, not, then I'm definitely not going to fucking go out of my way. Exactly. I was like, then nah. And I've seen a, a lot of women that I know who are fantastic comedians and do a million, you know, they have a blog, they have a web series, they have videos, they have that, and they have tour that still nobody's ever heard of you know they can't make a living at what they do like it's very very hard yeah what we do it is it's and it's crazy to find where when and when it hits like like i well some of my best shows had nothing to do with comedy like it's a variety Mm -hmm. burlesque show with like every other talent with like singers jugglers burlesque dancers trapeze artists then one comedian but yet that one spot was some of the best that I've ever felt compared to like doing a revel show where I know that room is amazing and all the, they're there for comedy and stuff like that. But it wasn't just wasn't my night or just didn't feel like I hit that night. But there's been other nights where it's like nothing to do with comedy, but it's still the people there were there to have a good time and they laughed at all my jokes. And that's weird to see that happen too, where it's like, you can't get upset if like you don't get, booked or you don't have a good set or you don't have this amazing you know you're not killing it every night because it's it's a very like it's a very rough road yes to 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 follow i don't kill it every night especially when you're trying to figure out new stuff like (laughs) yes and it's constant and then you're then if you 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 got your good material you keep doing your material you do it for so long then you end up being that hack that just does old but that's another hater that's another (laughs) hater comment i'm gonna say it i know you listen to these comics i'm learning and you learn from like podcast you know the comics who talk podcasts and all that stuff but i gotta tell you that's another hating uh, because i know i mean rachel who i spoke of earlier she did the same i want to say seven to ten minutes for God, I don't know, 15 years, however long it was, she got huge. She stuck to her fucking bits. People would come back to see her do her material. It's like a band. How are you going to call a band hacky? You're going to call the Allman Brothers hacky because they still do fucking, Jessica. oh, they still do Jessica. Fuck that. You know, I'm like, that's what people come for. As comics, we're so hard on ourselves and on each other my god did you ever watch that panel with um ricky gervais jerry seinfeld louis ck and chris rock and ricky gervais is interviewing them about stand-up 
It's like an HBO thing. You got to watch this man because whatever you think about Seinfeld, he's, he's a grandfather of fucking comedy and he's a spectacular, (laughs) you know, example of what you could do. Right. If you work really hard, right. He's a hard worker, but he is a believer in having the same material for a very long time for, he's got material that he still does from 20, 25 years ago that he says he finds new things in he doesn't do the whole set that's the same, but he definitely he says, I have jokes. He goes, this Louie, and he turns to Louie, and he says, this whole hour a year thing? No. Nope. It's not realistic. Well, I mean, for so long. Even if An it is. An hour a year? I mean. It's not realistic. I mean, maybe you could pull it off three, two years maybe, but I get what you're saying. You're not doing a 10-year span of like every year. Right, for- like Louis was putting out a new special every year. Yeah. And everyone was like, oh my God, he's a fucking. No, it, not every joke is amazing. He was great. Everything was fine. It was fine. But, but. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't. You he was going for those easy laughs. But here's no. It just wasn't as interesting. I get what you're as saying. As if, if he had waited, written and it. honed yeah. a bit longer, maybe waited another year. See how Chappelle comes out every like four years or so, three to four years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, just for the work, because the work is really, really hard, and that's why the the hate comment, the hater comments. That's an easy laugh. You do your stuff for too long. You're a hack. Like I see even I and I don't I'm probably taking things way too personal, but I feel like I see even a couple of comedians in this scene here that are looking at me now after months of seeing me and going like, well, when is she going to have new material? You know, and I'm like, because, you know, it blew me away, too, when you uh, were on the Kill Tony with Burt Kreischer and uh, Bobby Lee you did the joke about the compound, about the one love, and yeah. then the the, the dick mind. in the head, yeah. And I was like, "Oh my god, that's so funny!" Because, that's like five, six years old. But that's what's beautiful about it. Like I know the joke from like recent times. Like yeah. now, I'm like, "Oh, the justice joke." And then like seeing you do it that far back is like, "Holy fuck, that's dope!" Because it still hits. Yeah, it doesn't have this like, "Oh, it's a 2015 joke," because yeah. that's what happened in 2015. It's evergreen because it's about me, and it's, a, it's it's and that's what we want. I think as comics, yeah. yeah, like our our childhood is always fodder, always. It's the best. I mean, I that's my style of comedy that I love. So I think that's what I do, and and what I love to do is like give you my history, and that if if I give you if I open with like, you know, um, the abortion joke. And I tell you that my mom drove me to my first abortion at 15. And then she told me, you know, kids ruin your life. You know almost everything about me in five lines. And to me, that's important right up front. Here's who I am. So you're not surprised at the other stuff that comes out of my mouth. That makes sense. You know, or if I do the dick in the head joke. Later on in the in the set, if people get a little uptight, I go, hey, you guys, you realize I was raised with dicks hitting me in the head. I'm obviously, there's something the matter. Yeah. And then they can laugh because they remember, oh, yeah, Jesus Christ, she was raised with, uh, yeah. you know? But that was something I discovered later. I could call it back to the crowd. When the crowd got uptight, I could go, hey, you guys, I get fucking hit in the head with, with dicks as a little kid. I'm obviously a little wrong right now. I'm obviously off, you know? <laughs> yeah. And they're like, oh, ha, ha, she is, it, yeah. yeah. Or like I'll say, you know, I smoked a lot of PCP. 
I'm going to forget things once in a while. I'm so sorry, but it's what it's how the fuck it is. So does that, do you feel like that development though does kind of have, cause you hear comics say this all the time. You like, you're not really developed until you're in your 10 years. Yeah. Is that really a thing? Unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. It's really unfortunate. Cause I do see, I mean, look, you could say like Taylor Tomlinson, she hasn't been doing it 10 years. She's fantastic. She's fantastic. You know, Josh Fournier, he's not been doing it 10 years. He's fucking fantastic. Yeah, he's good. He's really good. You know, there's certain people that are exceptions to the rule. But it's it's only because of the 10,000 hour thing, I think. I think it's because you have to be on stage so many times and you have to be delving into your What's your point of view? What's your perspective? What do you feel when this happens? Why what, it's funny. Yeah. The like, angles you're going to take to why it's funny. Well, it's funny to you. Like, do you believe in the whole, like, uh, you know how there's, like, methods and, like, equations of how to make jokes and stuff like no. that? No. Like, you know, the whole, like, misdirect <laughs> and, like, being able to do, like, like I mean, you know, there are those set styles. Up, set up and punch. It's and, all different styles. It's whatever you, whatever style is feels most comfortable for you that's what i feel is weird though is like somebody can take our jokes and literally diagnose them and be like oh yeah this because you have this setup and this this uh, three rules oh you're good that's why that's why it's funny but we didn't we didn't go through that we discovered it because we tried it did it so many times and now we did it because it's funny because we developed it but somebody analyzing us says why it's funny and they kind of they do make Doesn't sense. Does it take the funny out? Does it? <laughs> to I analyze mean, it. I feel like it makes I don't it. Know. I, I, that's what I love about uh, being able to like have this like comprehensive open mind is because like holy shit that's great that's genius if it's really a science to that which kind of is and kind of isn't. Yeah. Like it. Like you know. I mean, there is the rule of three that, yeah. and I do believe in that because I just think there's something that's it's like music. You know, when you're doing comedy well, it's like music. There's beats and there's pauses, rhythms, there's rhythms. And you and you share the, you know, my my friend who's a director says, you know, he loves live performance because it's like a conversation with your audience. But when you're not doing well, it's a one sided conversation. Or you're just getting mad at the audience. Yeah. <laughs> I've had that problem so yeah. many times. Same. I mean, you're going to have it. I still, ha- I, I tell people all the time, I'm like, if you think, and Carla's so funny because she'll see me get upset about sets, you know, and I'll be all bummed about it or fucking, rah, shit, fucking, that was horrible. And she's like, oh, and I go, oh, sorry, Carla. I know you're like a newer comic and you know, I shouldn't be having like a breakdown in front of you. And she goes, no, actually, thank you. <laughs> I said, why? She said, because. It's real. Like, I, I know that this isn't going to stop this kind of like torturing ourselves yeah. after a set that you don't really love or a joke that you're struggling with that you love that you just isn't working. Yet, you know, it's it's non it never ends. And I don't believe any comic that said it did. And if they do, then they're not working anymore. They're it's not just, working yeah. hard at it. They're just kind of floating in their thing because comics are insane. Yeah. We can't stop. Yeah, because people, even now, they don't believe, like, at my work, I'll be like, yeah, I go, I do comedy every night. Like, I go to, where's comedy? Where is is there comedy here? I'm just like, well, let me explain it to you in a sense where you kind of understand because it's so hard letting them know, like, well, we do comedy at this bar on a Monday because they allowed it to to happen. And then 
what we do is try to find locations where they're just like, hey, nothing's going on here. You want to throw an open mic or something. So we find them and do it throughout the whole week. So there is comedy going on, but they just don't really comprehend or understand it where they're just like, oh, that's cool. Let me know when you have a show. I literally have a show every night. Like you can come out and see if you want to. But it's an open mic thing where, you know, people practicing, trying to do things. It's not a showcase or it's not anything big. And they still don't understand, like, oh, there's comedy here? Like, where is that at? And it's just hard to explain well, to this someone. this isn't a comedy town. Yeah, that's not a comedy, like, a, not a comic or something. That there is a booming scene here, but they just don't get it or don't know of its awareness. Well, here. there's no, it's, it's not publicly promoted. I don't see any comedy promoted here. I mean, the Revel shows I see promoted, and now the Guild shows I see promoted. Like, and I mean, like in the paper. Like, I get the free paper here. I, you know, I'm looking on local businesses sites and stuff like that, and there's just not not a lot of even Revels. You know, they're they don't really promote the comedy night. Oh yeah, you're <laughs> you just know? like, what is that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's and on their on their IG, and you know, so it's a slow build. What are you gonna do? This is just what we live for, though, right? I mean, I, I, I live, eat, breathe comedy. I, I, it's what else is there? I don't know. I don't know. So much, so much, Jess. Yeah. Well, Jess, we've been here for about two and a half hours. Oh my God! I hope everybody's okay. Uh, uh, I'm gonna pee. That's fun. <laughs> you, you should have said something. You can always go oh, to no, the bathroom. Okay. Everyone's it's always okay. like, they feel like it's like a torture chamber or something. Like I can't no. go to the bathroom until after it's over. Like. If you need the bathroom, you can go ahead and leave. Maybe I can throw a few sponsors out there, which I don't have, but I like to pretend. So I'll take that time right now. What's your pretend sponsor? So uh, thank you, everybody. I don't really have to pee. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I'm not going to go. Who are you going to sponsor? I don't have a sponsor. Uh, I really want to be sponsored by Colgate. Colgate's a good sponsor. I really want to get sponsored by them. True White Power. Okay, but wait. (laughs) I don't think you want Colgate. They're one of the big ones that control us. That's fine. (laughs) <laughs> it's like, can I get some money? Can I like, get some free toothpaste? Yeah, can I get some free some, toothpaste? Some if you use my code MuseMeTV, 10% off free toothpaste. Yeah. Well, yeah. you can hit them up. You know what's crazy? Do you, you speak some Spanish, right? Like, un poquito. Do you know uh, how to say hang me in Spanish? No. <laughs> God, no. You don't? Hang me? Yeah. No. Or how do you say uh, hang yourself? No, 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 no. So it's crazy. But the way you say hang yourself in Spanish is colgate. No, like the toothpaste. It's and it's spelled exactly the same. No way. That's weird. I know. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if Colgate's causing some suicides or not. Mexican suicides only. uh, But apparently. But yes, in Mexico, the most popular toothpaste is Crest. Oh, so they're not fucking with Colgate. No, they're like that's the death toothpaste. That is a Diablo. Yeah, and it's red. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh huh. So fuck. If, well, thanks for telling me. Yeah, I do want to get sponsored by them. Though. I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the best deal. What about co- Blake's Burger or something? Like Why? Local. So, that, so they can get mad at me? They're like, Hey, on hell, you're not giving out big enough burgers. I'm like, This has nothing to do with me. I just want. Oh, to. Yeah. Have you heard of that controversy? Well, yeah, the, the, I heard they were bigger before. Yeah, they're skimping on me. I Stuff haven't like eaten that. there yet. I know. I'm, yeah, I don't, don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's good if you haven't eaten there before and stuff, but uh, 
it's like this whole thing where like back in the day we used to get a big burger. Now it's not even a it's a the lot of burger is a it's a burger and I don't even no it's it's ridiculous. That's so funny. Yeah, you sound like an uh, Albuquerque person who's mad. Yeah, <laughs> that's what happens. Oh, you know who I met? Do you know J- Johnny James? Johnny. I am Johnny James. Oh yeah, yeah, Mr. Allsick. Yeah, uh, he's uh, he's great. He's I like him a lot. Yeah. I think he's a lot of fun. He's a big uh, Instagram star, right? TikTok. I Instagram him. as well. I've seen, yeah. him, I've seen him on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe he's blowing up on TikTok. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I met him funny. during the summer. He was great. He's, he's all crazy. crazy. He's eh? all crazy. He's fucking all sick. Yeah, he's fun. And that's a good example too. Is like, if that guy were to start comedy, he has a following that would want to go see him right away. Yeah, already sure. Compared to people like us, like me, or like I don't, I hate bringing this up too, but like people like Josh Fournier or Zach Abeda. Like they have a decent following, but they yes. don't have this Johnny following. No, see, and oh, that's he's got thousands and thousands and thousands. And that's what's crazy is like he, Johnny can go up there and probably be a mediocre stand up to start off with, but still get. But a, he already does. He does hip hop, so he doesn't need to be a stand up. Why do you gotta ruin everything? Because I don't want another stand up in our scene, man. <laughs> it's too many fucking stand ups really? in the scene. Really? I mean, not in this scene, but in general. You think? Okay, so here's the here's. Um, I mean, I, there's only twenty of us here. I was like, we hey, we've been. Yeah, I've been here for an hour, two hours. Do you really stop. need to go to the bathroom? No. I can go on for another hour. No. Like, not I, for the people. Who gives a fuck? Hey, you guys like long form <laughs> conversations, right? Yeah, this is what Joe Rogan was all about. Oh, fuck him. I love Joe Rogan. Not funny. Uh, I not love funny. How do you, how is it not funny? not funny? Rocky Mountain High is a great special. I don't know if you know about that special. I do, of course. I like of course that I one. Do. That sure. one's one of my okay. great specials. Mm-hmm. And his first Netflix special. Um, nope. Really? Yeah. No. Just not smart. I mm. I, okay. It's like that type of white man too that I'm like, stop! You're not that smart. I can't. Uh, that <laughs> I can't. makes that makes sense. I can't handle it. But I love the fact that he's more of like an open-minded white guy, like an open-mindedness. Like he's not really. I don't know. Uh, you heard a story about Planet of the Apes. Are we about to I get? I, are we like, about to? Are we were so friends until now. <laughs> no, 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 no! I don't dislike people that like Joe. If I disliked people that like Joe Rogan, I wouldn't have nobody. A lot of friends. Yeah, I know. Well. I don't have a lot of friends. But that's like. so crazy <laughs> that it's into that now. Like, you can't like somebody now because you already get ostracized and you get like, no, that's not. I don't like you anymore. Like, I've lost no, some I friends. I like you. I, well, I'm glad you like me. Of but, course. But there's some it has people. something to do with who you like. It does, unfortunately, in Why? this world now. But but here that makes it so divisive, though, right? And that's what's sad. It is sad because if you bring up Joe Rogan and I go, eh, I don't really think he's funny because I just don't think he's funny. Like even the Chappelle's last uh, special, everybody was up in arms and the trans and the thing. And I go, you know, what did you think, Jess? It wasn't funny. It just wasn't as funny as Chappelle should be. If he kept saying this is my last special for a really long time, motherfucker, fucking kill it. Knock it out of the park. That was fun. You know, I like people like Patrice O'Neill, Cat Williams, Pimp Chronicles, Patrice O'Neill, Elephant in the Room, like stuff, uh, 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 Greg Giraldo, Midlife Vices. See, yeah. Those are specials that like, bah, like you can't try to put Joe. <laughs> like mm. I can't. There's just not in my opinion. Well, that's true. Like I, in like, my opinion, even Mark Norman right now, his special out to lunch, I think is funnier than anything Joe Rogan has ever. Yes. A hundred percent. So, so 100%. I get what you're saying there. And Rogan is also a different generation. 
That's true. And yeah. he's got different perspectives on things. And he's, you know, he's from where he's from and he was raised the way he was raised. And I don't think a lot of us can really escape the way we were raised, even if we don't talk about it. Like he doesn't really talk about it, but he brings it up a little bit. A I get what you're bit, saying. You know what I mean? But it informs everything that he talks about. Yeah. So uh, it, especially when you hear his stuff after like his hippie parents, like when you start hearing him in Boston and how he started his karate and all that, that's where you're like, this is Joe <laughs> that's Rogan. That's him. Yeah. That's that, he Joe developed that yeah. persona at that point of his life yeah i mean you probably do get these little things growing up as a kid like i still kind of feel like some small things that i did maybe when i was nine or ten kind of reflect on the person i am now but most of it's all at a certain point well i think you can't help but have your family's influence in your blood for your life yeah unless you go deep into therapy and deep into stuff that you try to change you know the the patterns of but it's see, tough, man. That's what I love and hate about pop culture and especially like uh, 90s sitcoms is because I think I've learned more about being a good human from them than I did my parents. And I hate to say that. Like, I hate to say that, like, I saw an episode of Malcolm in the Middle where I knew if I wasn't being treated fairly, I shouldn't take it out on the whole world. I should reevaluate myself, try to think about it better and then maybe up bring bring it to bring it to light so everybody knows how I feel. I never learned that from my parents. I never learned how we to be. We all had to learn, I think, from TV. And that's great. Well, not everybody. <laughs> not everybody, but mom, a lot of people. Not. Yeah. And, and again, you see those family dynamics where the, you go to that nuclear family and you're just like, oh, my mom told me about sex. Or, oh, my dad told me about the value of hard work. And then you go to your house and you're just like. Chaos. <laughs> yeah. You learned it from TV. Yeah. And that's what. Of course. That's what blows me away is like America's youth kind of did take that into account where they like all oh, like oh i watched home improvement i know about being a good kid because i saw that development of a family mm-hmm. or they took that development this is a fantasy this will never be my real life and they just exploded and turned into the upbringing that they became like you know the drugs the alcohol or whatever because i get told that all the time they're just like on hell i'm so glad that you became the person you are because knowing what you've been through you should be in jail or a drug addict. And I'm yeah. just like, well, first of all, you thinking that is pretty fucked up. Well, yeah. Also, they don't know your experience. I mean, the thing is, is just from having this talk with you today, I learn about you going to your grandpa's. And that in itself is a huge part of a kid's like a safe. That's like saving you. Yeah. For a huge piece of what saved you and saved your psyche and saved your, you know, made like you said, made you understand the value of hard work and the value of structure. Yeah. And you didn't get that at the place you were at. So, I mean, it's hard. I think everything is really shaky, like from parental stuff. We don't get, usually you don't really get what you need. Even when we look at these nuclear family people and we go, Oh, and they have the, the mom and the dad and the dog and the kids and thing. And they, and they, you know, the dad's fucking the daughter. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, we don't know. Nursing it's, assistant. Yeah, it there's could be never. Real. Yeah, it's it's I dated a guy with khaki pants. I like to call him the white the white man khaki pants wearer. And I thought he was going to be like, oh, my God, he's going to like save my whole life. Or Night whatever. in shining armor. And it was he had it worse than I did. I, I went home with him and I was like, 
the fuck is going on here? Nobody could say no to each other. No one would say how they really felt. It was like very like polite, whitey, polite. Yeah. Oh, bless your heart, Jess. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you don't like me. And you never, you growing up, you'd never see that. Like I never saw it when the kids wanted to come to my house. I was just like, why the fuck do you want to come to my house? Right. My house sucks. Don't come to my house. But they're trying to escape Where the life from. that they live. Yeah. And that just now I'm just like. Fuck, that's so crazy because I would have never I don't never would have guessed it never would have thought about it but now I see them growing up or like I see some of my high school friends back in day I'm just like yeah man I'm so glad that you let me go to your house because man it was you made me a better person because I get to hang out with you and he would be like oh well I'm glad that I did that for you because like my life sucks like you know just yeah. in a sense where like you know we tried to help each other grow up but yet I didn't know the severity of how bad his life was why he wanted to come to my house. Right. When I constantly was like, my house sucks. Parents suck. Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, man, that sucks. Well, you can come over if you want. But him inside is like, fuck, I don't want to be here either. Right. I don't want to be here. No. Like, but that's so crazy to think yeah. about the supportiveness of something like that. Well, you also, I think from your point of view, yours was outer kind of. Like you could see what you thought. I could. We can see what's wrong with my house oh yeah yeah but his house looks you can't yeah perfect yeah you don't even yeah. notice so you know it's like it's an interesting lesson as a kid and as a grown-up too to like you can't judge we never know you never know where somebody's from yeah. what they've been through we don't know you know and uh that's why we can't lead with you know negativity or ego or all that shit it's like just to go and have the experience like i moved here i didn't know one person I didn't know what was going to happen. I knew there was no comedy club. I knew there wasn't any kind of status grab or any gold ring for me to be climbing over other people for. And that was really okay with me. I was like, you know what? I don't fucking, I never was rewarded in these other cities. So maybe let me go somewhere where it's a smaller place and I can just be rewarded by the energy that's there. And that's how it's, how it's happened. I mean, and I feel like, I put myself out there. I was just by myself, go to a show, by myself, go to a show. Yeah, especially now, newer to the comedy scene. Like, if I would have known the clout and stuff that you had, I would be so much more hesitant to, like, oh man, I don't even know if she would talk to somebody like me because she's so, she's been. People in the say that all the time, and it's silly because it's not, you yeah, know. Yeah, but we're you don't not. think that. You don't. Yeah. And that's what's crazy. Like, but I've, you could. I mean, I grew up in Hollywood, right? And I grew up, my mom was an actor, so I knew a lot of people that were, but we were on welfare. Yeah. So she wasn't like a famous actor, but I. I knew people that would become famous, you know, and it wasn't, nothing was different from us to them. There was no difference. They just worked, you know, harder at the thing they wanted to do, the business they wanted to be in. Whereas my folks were just not, they didn't work. It just wasn't there. They were severely fucked up as well. So it was like, you know, just the, the cycle of it and seeing it and seeing how some people are really fucked up and actually pull themselves out and work really hard and get really far. Yeah. You know, Daryl Hammond's uh, story is fucking horrific. And he was giant. I mean, he's the longest running cast member on SNL ever. Uh, Daryl Hammond. Okay. And no one even knows who the fuck he is. He played every every politician from Clinton to, you know, older Bush. Like he was like the guy, the guy or younger Bush, whatever the thing was. Yeah. And Trump. Like he, it was, but you know, he had fame and fortune as far as New York and SNL and, you know, worldwide, he could go play anywhere he wanted as a comic. And he imploded at a certain point because he couldn't handle holding in all his childhood traumas anymore. 
Interesting. And he had a full breakdown. And they, he made a documentary about it, too. It's really sad. Like, cry your eyes out sad. Oh, shit. As most comedians, I think most of our stories are really sad. And I think the the pull that we have to wanting to do this is to wanting to make f- people feel better. Yeah. Because I, we didn't feel good. Totally see that. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, from from music to this now, I feel that exact same thing. Yeah. Like even though it's a different art form, I still feel like as long as I can make somebody happy, yeah. that's what I want to do. Yeah, bring some joy. Because we saw people struggling most of our lives. We saw people suffering and not being able to find the joy anywhere, right? It was with people that were very depressed and very upset all the time and angry and violent and all that, you know. And you go, God. And then if you can cheer them up, and you go, oh, cool, maybe I could cheer everybody up. I mean, Bernie Mac wrote a book when he was alive called Maybe You Never Cry Again. And it was a memoir, his memoir. And it was all about he, his mom crying one day in the kitchen and him coming in and like, doing something funny and her laughing and it's the same with Pryor. Pryor grew up in a brothel you know his grandma was a the head you know madam yeah. in a whorehouse his mother was a whore and you know it's like these guys and he slipped in a in a pile of shit in the backyard he says never forget he's four years old he ran into the backyard and he slipped on a pile of dog shit and he fell and everybody laughed and he was like <gasps> okay this is it. This is it. In a in a very sad, you know, place where people are really upset all the time. You want to find, make them happy. And now we live in this world, you know, this has never been great, this world, but it seems pretty fucking crazy right now. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, to be able to make people laugh, to me, to make people feel like they're not alone, you know, like I do my show every Tuesday and I know I have to because people are looking forward to it. Yeah, you've already had that establishment where you're just like, I like this. I want to see more. Well, it's consistency. Yeah. And somebody showing up consistently for somebody, for those of us who didn't have consistencies in our life or structure at all, and to have that now and to put it out for people and be like, hey, I'm, I'm making myself available for you consistently and that's what i love about this aspect now is like they're like nobody's watching you like no you only get like blah 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 views and blah 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 so many people but like that's okay because there's billions of people out there right now and like even just touching a few of them is more than a lot of other people can do like yeah more than what people try like there's some people that talk about doing a podcast that don't do it or right there's people that are just like oh I've I've seen somebody go to open mics almost every night and he just hasn't gone up, but he wants to. Right. And that's one of those things where it's just like, is it something where you just don't feel comfortable? Is it something where you're just scared? Like there's so many aspects. All of it. You can't, you can't just scary. It's weird to think about. Well, it's scary to think you're going to put yourself out like in a podcast. I know a lot of people I've, I've had haters tell me like, what do you think you're a guru? Yeah. And I'm like, what do you mean? Why would I be a guru? They're like, cause you think you can speak and all these people listen to you and you tell people advice. And I go, I'm just trying to make people feel better. Like they're not alone, you know? But, um, I think it's really hard for people to have the beginner, what the Buddhists call beginner's mind, which is like what you, you talked about it earlier. We all start out not knowing anything. We all have to learn as we go. But people are so programmed to think that we have to know as soon as we start it. 
And if we fuck up or we make mistakes or it's not getting as many views or traction that we should just give up. Yeah. And that's just sad. I mean, I, I think I'm on my 200 and something episode. And people are like, what? And I go, yeah, I love it. I don't do it because I'm like, oh, my God, when am I going to be famous? Come on, you guys. Like, no, I do it because I love it. Yeah, this experience. Absolutely love it. Yeah. I love talking. I love telling my stories from the week. I love talking, you know, answering comments that are coming in during the live. I love being able to stream it to, you know, numerous podcast platforms. Like, I just like knowing that I'm producing something for myself every week consistently, 30 to 40 minutes of new content every week. And I think, God, I could actually look into those podcast uh, notes and get some new material because I'm doing new material every week on this show. Yeah. So it's like I'm hard on myself in regards to that. Like, I don't think it's, I don't know if I think it's like cheating or something in a weird way where I'm like, I didn't write that like it was a stand-up bit, but it's really funny. I could do it on stage and it would work. And so I'm like, oh, I'm just going to try it. Yeah. You know, fuck it. Who cares? And that's technically, I like to think of where your stand, where all of our stand-up comes from is just us thinking. Yeah. Like having thoughts out loud, being able to. And experiences. To, exactly. Yeah. Putting those experiences into your, into words and making it funny. And sometimes you don't even have to make it funny. It's funny on its own. Yeah, just by the, just by what it said. Oh that's, my god, that's crazy to think about too. I mean, when I, you know, I have that weatherman joke about the Albuquerque weatherman, and um, it's not. It, there's no laugh lines in it. It's like, oh, your weatherman's the hardest working man in Albuquerque. Look at how much he has to deal with. 10 a.m. or 9 a.m. You have to wear a coat and a sweater. It's going to be wintertime. 2 p.m. It's going to be blazing hot. Bring your shorts. 5 p.m. A child will be taken. 7 p.m. Another coat. You're going to be really freezing. Now, look, if you look through that, if you break it down, there's not really a laugh line. Maybe the child being taken is the laugh line, right? But it's only supposed to be funny because it's so tragic. And it's true. And it's true that you get your Amber Alerts in your newscast. Well, not only that, but like even when you start describing the weatherman, like in the morning, he yeah. tells you that exact moment. And you're already thinking like, ha, ha, that's funny because I always have a sweater on just because of those moments. Right, because you know it's going to be freezing and then it's going to be blazing hot. And then and there's so much... Uh, there's so many Amber Alerts here that I thought, oh, that would be kind of funny if I, it's so tragic. I that, put it in. Yeah, he's in between the weather but report. Yeah, yeah, but that's like, you know, if if a hater were to look at it, they'd go, well, that's not really a laugh line. Like, where's the where's the laugh line in there? <laughs> like, I see, don't know. That, see, I don't see that. I don't know. Too. So breaking it down doesn't always work right but see i feel like me breaking it down like i do find the laugh line in the 10 a.m grab your sweater 2 p.m wear shorts like because I, you're you're you live here, here yeah. so you know that that's real yeah and i know okay. like oh that makes sense because you know you would imagine it. and then that's i feel again bust into the rule of threes because the third one the is Amber, the kid and yeah it's just like ah god damn it I, yeah because the fourth thing kind of gets lost yeah no i don't what did you say? <laughs> I what know. Was nobody, it? nobody ever. I don't remembers. even remember that. I think it's 10 p.m., right? <laughs> yeah, 10 p.m. Bring your coat again. Yeah, it's going to so be freezing that, again. But, but I could probably end with the Amber Alert. Yeah, and thinking of it, though, too, it's like, ah, I get it. It's funny because, you know, you presenting what we all see in the morning. Right. And I'm trying to, but that's the thing. Like, uh, my Albuquerque jokes that I've written since I've been here, 
it's the weather, it's the tattoos, right? Because everybody's representing their town and they hate it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, me too. Yeah. And so there's like this relating, but also it goes back to when we were talking about going to Walmart. For me, I'm always listening to what everyone yeah. yeah and i'm watching and i'm very uh, observant observant for yeah. the comedy because i feel like the more i watch what humans are doing and the more i like report on it and the closer the closer i can get to the specifics of what they're doing and kind of like fe- like go like what are they doing yeah, why well, yeah for all of us to be like i don't understand human nature really but I couldn't like I couldn't take these jokes to um Tucson. I'm going to Tucson in a couple of weeks. I can't tell either of those jokes there. Yeah, cuz it's always hot. I mean, <laughs> it, it might work like the the child will be taken, probably would get a laugh on that, but I don't think that they would be with me in the setup. Yeah. Because yeah. it's Albuquerque. Yeah, they don't specific to yeah. Albuquerque. Same with the tattoos. I can't do that joke in anywhere but here. So those are jokes I can't do anywhere but here. That makes sense. Right. But we don't want to get too caught up in that, right, as comics. You don't want to put make your um, stuff so narrow. Like, I love the compliment that you gave me about the Kill Tony. Yeah, you saw a joke. Maybe that was five years ago or so. But it didn't lose anything when you saw it here, yeah. when I was doing it here. Because It makes me feel good because yeah. it means I'm keeping it fresh. And that's nice to me yeah. to know that because that's an old joke, you yeah. know. But um, like I said, though, it doesn't have any relevance to a time period. No, it won't make you think. Oh, 1935. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I get it. Yeah. you. It's just a funny joke of your childhood. Right. And that's what <clears throat> you're growing up. You'll always have that funny moment as a child. Right. Because it's, it's something that you've experienced. Yeah. And it's something I've never experienced. Right. But it's funny because it happened to you. And I'm just like, holy fuck. I could just imagine if that. <laughs> that would be weird. Like, I can Yeah, totally weird. Think about it. Like, I'm just Horrifying. like. Yeah, it's like everyone yeah. says it. Like, it's my dad had a small penis anyways. So it's like, I just go right over my head. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> All right, Jess. I do really need to pee this time. Hey, but, now uh, you got to pee. Do you have any. Uh, so I know you have your uh, Instagram. You have a website as well. Yeah. Uh, do you want to promote anything sure. that you have coming up as well? Just sure. Give, give me, uh, give me some get wood on Get Wood on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, get Jess Wood is the website. And then I'm playing this Friday at um, the Mariachi Mota party, the cannabis party. Okay. And then I'm playing. Um, oh, shit. I can't even remember you guys. The next, the ne- uh, first Friday of March at the Guild Cinema. Okay. That's a great show. So definitely, if you can come out. Be ready for that. that. Yeah. Go check it out. Yeah. But get what on Instagram. I'm always on. I'm always goofing around. That's it. That's all she's got, everybody. <laughs> for now. Um, yeah, you guys know what to do. Just go look her up. Do all that stuff. Even Google. Just Google her. Yeah, yeah. Google Get Wood or Google Just Wood, and I'll be all over your beautiful screen. One of the first things that pops mm-hmm. up, everybody. Uh, you guys know what to do as well. Like, subscribe, do all that good stuff. Uh, anywhere you can find your podcast, Muse Me TV is always available. Jess, thank you again. Thank you, Angel. It was my pleasure. Yeah, I really appreciate time. it. we got to do talk. this again. I like, love that. That's what I love about these podcasts and stuff is like, 
you can always talk about something. Oh yeah. There's always something to talk oh, about. We didn't even it. we didn't even talk about conspiracies and talk about alien encounters. <laughs> Do you know anything about an alien race book? No. There's a book out there that has alien races from A to Z. No. We'll talk about it next all time. All right. I can't wait. All right, you guys have a good one. Peace. I love you all. Love you.